Good morning, everyone. Coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, it is Saturday morning's hottest streaming media political talk show, Inside the Eye, live with The Fedge. Did I just hear someone tell a standing member of Congress that if it were up to them, they would dump the Israelis tomorrow? <laughs> Sounds like something you might hear right here on Inside the Eye Live. What a man. Oh, my God. You have to listen to that show. He was brilliant. Absolutely. I didn't know he had gonads of steel like that and a mind like a freaking razor. I didn't realize he was so clear. He, he cut through this that cognitive dissonance that is going on in the whole Patriot music movement. And now it's time for Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. All right, everybody, from Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is The Fetch. And you are listening to Inside the Eye Live, Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. Uh, let's see here. I'm still getting set up, guys. Just bear with me here. We got a nice three hour show lined up at from Riyadh, the capital Saturday. We're going to, this is the fetch. Today's date is Saturday, February the 9th, 2019. And a good Saturday morning to all of you listening in the United States and Canada. And a good late afternoon to early evening to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones. And of course, wherever you are listening out there on the world wide web or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets may all be well with you and yours. We want to welcome our new affiliates. Uh, that would be the People's Patriot Network, broadcasting out of the UK, and Eurofolk Radio, which is a bit more global in reach, at least as such probably applies to uh, Euro the European diaspora. So all of you listening on those two networks, welcome to Inside the Eye Live, and we trust you will stay and enjoy the show. And certainly we uh, are delighted to have you uh, as a part of the uh, Inside the Eye Live family. So thanks so much for joining us. Uh, the weather here in Riyadh remains exceptionally comfortable and non-winter-like, although certainly it is not summer-like either. Highs today hit 79 degrees under largely cloudy skies and winds of up to 16 miles per hour today. There was a slight chance of rain, but that has gone by the wayside, so we basically have just overcast skies, somewhat of a nice little brisk breeze. Uh, we don't have too much dust out there, so that's a good thing. So all in all, it's just been a very nice day. Evening temperatures will remain largely in the middle 60s throughout most of the evening, dipping down to a low of 59 degrees in the hour before sunrise. Now, finally, everybody, with uh, Trump uh, having allowed to the government to reopen the National Organiz Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, also known as NOAA, N-O-A-A, -A, they have finally gotten there their, what do you call it, their statistics up to date on the Great Lakes ice coverage story we like to do every year. And I finally got some actual good facts now. Lake Erie, everybody, 
70.9% to those of you out there in the United States, 70.9%, Lake Michigan, 32.2%, Lake Superior, 674 Lake Huron, 469 and Lake Ontario, 16%. Total coverage is at 51%, while the maximum has it has been this year is 58%, which was last week on February the 2nd. So an interesting note is there's this place called Lake St. Clair, and it went from 0% to 100% ice coverage in less than three weeks this year. Lake St. Clair sits above Michigan and is connected to Lake Huron by a river. And 2019 is about 15% less ice coverage year to date from last year. So it is not nearly as cold this year in spite of what it feels like out there, at least relative to the Great Lakes ice coverage. Although we sure know it's been a lot, it's been cold. Uh, That polar Air has not made its way really to the eastern part of the lakes. Uh, there's a few. I, for, I forget the name of the lake. Now I have to pull it up, and I can't do that so so efficiently. But nonetheless, weather continues to be really part of the landscape. You know, between especially now on the west coast, uh, California, western part of the United States, between four to eight feet of snow fell on a place called Montecito Lake Resort this past week, last beginning last weekend. And this is a Sierra Nevada resort, which is above 7,000 feet. Now, more than 120 visitors and staff at that resort, which is in the Sequoia National Forest, were freed just yesterday after being trapped for days by this heavy snowfall. On Wednesday, Sequoia National Forest and Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks rangers used heavy equipment to clear, get this, an eight-mile stretch of snow and more than 20 down trees that were blocking access to the resort, according to the rangers there. So they were, again, finally really freed up late Thursday night, made their way out yesterday. So I'll tell you, that was probably a, this, something they were all kind of excited about. They had plenty of food, no problem. You know, interesting, I was flying up to meet with Boeing once up in in the Seattle market. And as we were passing this place up in the Sierra Nevadas called Donner Pass, the pilot decided to go into very some very long-winded story about the Donner's the Donner Pass and how it got named the Donner Pass with the the Donner Caravan or the wagon train or whatever it was called uh, dying up there. They got trapped in the snow up there in the pass, and they ended up died. They were found the next spring, uh, and you know as he was going through this, we were just embarrassed. The stewardesses were embarrassed, and I'm like, why is this guy going? I'm not verbally saying that, but I'm like, why is this guy going on? Just shut up and fly the plane. You know, come on, dude. We don't need to hear about the Donner Pass. We all know about it. It's it's part of our education system back then. Probably today they would know, have no idea. But anyways, up there back in Seattle where I used to hang out with the Boeing people, uh, a potent storm has actually already landed there. Uh, this is the second one this year. It's brought heavy snow to parts of the, again, the Pacific Northwest yesterday, including the lowland areas of actually Seattle itself. Uh, that would be the metropolitan area. And this was the second round of snow that region has seen this week. So it's been very challenging up there. So radar today, this morning, is showing numerous bands of heavy snow in the Seattle metro area with snowfall. Rates greater than one inch per hour occurring in some areas. Now, some snow is also falling toward Portland, Oregon. Seattle has already had 6.4 inches of snow at the Seattle-Tacoma, also known as SeaTac. For those of you who fly into Seattle, SeaTac. Uh, so basically, yes, yeah, SeaTac seen about, uh, what, six and a half inches, something like that. And this was a, a new record 
actually, yeah, new record for these guys. It's the second most snowfall in a single day in the past 20 years. It's also the most snow Seattle has received in a single day since 2012. So global warming is in full effect. And if you don't believe me, well, we'll get to that story next. Now, as most of you Californians know, as I, I know, storms that come down from Alaska carry with it potential for massive snow accumulations in the Sierra Nevadas, while storms coming across from Hawaii, also known as Pineapple Expresses, often bring warmer air and torrential rain. So it looks like Northern California is going, is going to be hit by some heavy snows coming into this weekend as that storm that's now up in Seattle churns down the coastline. Now, all of this talk of snow, of course, is making our friends in the outback in Australia a bit envious, I'm very, very sure, because records have been set recently in Australia, Chile, and Argentina, and, of course, with the high heat, you've got the wildfires and the droughts, etc. So in Australia, the heat has been so intense, it's actually causing bats, believe it or not, to fall from the trees. And snakes, watch out for where you go take uh, to do your business here because snakes are seeking refuge in people's toilets. So you got to really watch yourself in in. In uh, Australia, it's known as being somewhat of a wild country. And uh, if you were to find a snake sitting in your toilet because it's just too hot, well, there you have it. That would just kind of shock me a little bit, especially if it's a venomous type of snake. Overall, it's been the hottest January in Australia ever recorded. The Australian Bureau of Meteorology reported heat waves there are unprecedented in their scale and duration, the Bureau said. And one remarkable record, and it's not that remarkable to us, but uh, it was set in Port Augusta, Australia, which soared to 121 degrees. And that's the hottest temperature ever recorded at a coastal location in the Southern Hemisphere. And that is according to weather underground meteorologist Bob Henson. Meanwhile, back in the States, the tally from last year's weather is just coming in, everybody. We had in all about $91 billion in damages incurred in the United States and 250 reported. There could probably and possibly be more, but they're just not reported, uh, were killed. So 250 reported killed. Now that had, uh, the main price tags were 24 billion from the West Coast fire season this year. Uh, this past year, 25 billion from Hurricanes Michael and Florence, Hurricane Florence took in a whopping 24 billion. So of that 91 billion, that is the main three chunks that came out of, uh, the, uh, season last year, weather season last year. So that kind of gets you caught up to date. All right, everybody joining me in the chat room. I'm inside the chat room. I I am, but I'm not, I think. I'm not sure if I'm registered there. I think I am there. Yes, I am there. I hope we're not having difficulties. People are already pinging me. Uh, yeah, they are pinging me. So thank you, Eli, for that. Uh, let's see. We are in the chat room. I see Wolfgang, Blackbird, I haven't said hi yet, guys, Frontreal. That's all I see. So join everybody in the chat room. It's usually a great place to hang out. You can pick up a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, if you're wise to what's going on, you might even be able to contribute some cool stuff, and that's always welcome. Uh, so basically, I, I saw the 
I saw, you know, cause you know, we have this, if you guys aren't familiar with American politics and you're outside of America, and I know we got it, probably 40% of you are, 30% of you are. Uh, we have this po- politician in America, Ocasio Cortez, one of the dumbest things that's ever come into power and gotten a, a uh, seat in our Congress and probably history. And she came out with her new plan and what she wants to do, everybody, is she wants to build train tracks across the oceans and keep everybody from flying because, hey, everybody knows building a train uh, a train across the Atlantic or across the Pacific is just – and these people are actually in Congress, folks. This is how stupid, uh, quite frankly, American politicians have become. You know, I was very busy this year, this week. Uh, oh, I'm busy every week. Let's not kid anybody. We still make it up. We still try to put in an effort for the shows, of course, but we're very busy here. And what happened was you had the, the big event this week, really two big events. One of those was the, oh, what you call that, the State of the Union Address. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, okay. And, and I didn't see it, didn't have a chance to watch it. I still have not seen it, quite frankly. And uh, so uh, what I did is I – hold on one second. I got someone on the line here. I just got to just – just to be on. I'm trying to book guests while we're doing this. Uh, let's see. Uh, but basically, I didn't have a chance to watch it. And, you know, we've had this ongoing air feud uh, with uh, the run mouth network, and it's called Renegade. You know, we had helped uh, a lot back in the old days helping Kyle get started and all that stuff over at Renegade Broadcast, if you're familiar with that network. But I got a message from him that said, you know, uh, Trump, he's, 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 I, I mean, again, I, there's a lot of, we don't like about Trump, but there was one, one issue that really strikes me about, uh, issues here because I deal a lot with international. Travel. And then whenever we travel internationally, guys and gals, we try to follow the laws of the land. Bottom line, we don't sneak into a country. Okay, come on. We don't sneak into a country. We don't purposely overstay, although if we're allowed to overstay by the governments and the risk is okay, we will overstay. But the governments accept it because of our American status. We know we're good. They know we're good citizens. We're not here to steal from the country. So they, they, some countries do tolerate our American overstay of their visa, and they're not a problem with that. And that's all fine and dandy. And you pay your penalties as you leave. But one thing we don't do is we don't tolerate all of this illegal activity on our borders. And so I was really shocked, quite frankly, to see someone – um, who claims to be a, a white nationalist arguing for open borders. Now, guys, you got to start thinking about what you're really listening to here. You can talk Jews, Jews, Jews all day long. That's okay, everybody. It's okay. But if you break it all down and you're advocating for open borders, George Soros type of policies here, are you white what? Think about it, folks. White what? You're not a nationalist because a nationalist is going to do what? It's going to first and foremost try to secure the borders because once you can secure the borders, now you can start to focus on all of the corruption within the franchise system. And then from there, you can start to try to try 
to get some power, a claw, some back, claw back some power against this fraudulent Jewish left wing Marxist agenda, socialist agenda, as Trump called it in his speech here in the United States. Now think about that, everybody. If you're out there advocating for George Soros, open border policies, are you what? We can't call you a nationalist. Because if you're not willing to protect your borders anywhere across the spectrum here, you're not a nationalist. So now that we've removed the word nationalist from your title, what are you? You're white what? White George Soros open border advocate likes to pop off about the Jewish, but you've got no plan? See, guys, we've been dealing with this type of insanity inside of our movement for a really, really long time. And we've seen so many flakes and quacks come and go. But, folks, the first step here is control your national borders. I was mocked this past week. I thought it was so stupid, too, uh, because, you know, I'm not unskilled at what I do. And so I thought, wow. Someone's trying to make like the Saudis out to be the worst thing in the world and Islam is out to be the worst thing in the world. And I'm like, you know what, though? I've been living here in the Middle East among these people for 12 years. Is there a lot of problems in it? Oh, absolutely. It ranks quite up there, quite frankly, with what I might find in South Central Los Angeles, which means what? What you have in South Central Los Angeles, you can actually import from here equally. No problem. But is there a lot of great people, a lot of good people here? Oh, absolutely. Just as there are, surprise, surprise, a lot of great people in the Chinese community, a lot of great people inside of the Japanese community. There's a lot of great people across this planet, everybody. A lot of great people. Now, when it comes to governing, if you think... You can create this utopian white paradise for yourself. I'm not going to advocate against it. I think Europeans should stay that way, and I think America should pretty much stay that way equally. But the reality is is that we have got a situation now where Jews have created facts on the ground that are not so easy to solve. I was listening to this gal, uh, Georgia, I, I actually she's starting to wear on me. I'm starting to give her more a listen, and it's it's something about her callers, and it's it's funny because one of her callers on one of the shows that she put out Wednesday, she's at a station called KSCO in Santa Cruz again. Everybody, I'm giving her a quick plug again, and it's not all for 100% listening. A lot of local stuff, a lot of stuff that won't appeal to more of our global mindset but there's still it's unique in that she's one of the few people that's actually talking about these issues on an am station she's not the only one though because a lot of us are talking about it heck even i heard i heard uh what's his name uh what's what's the big dog i forget alex jones talking about it the other day with frank believe it or not actually he had frank on the line i think frank was on the line let's see if i have frank even though we limited the amount of calls could come in about 12 at a time. So I'm going to get to uh, Frank, James, and Jeff, and that's it. So thank you for holding. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Frank, James, and then Jeff. Frank, thanks for holding for North Carolina. Go ahead. 
Yeah, Alex, um, you know, uh, I called in about something else, but, you know, I agree with everything your, your guest just said. However, uh, going even further and being more politically incorrect, I just have to say uh, statistics for a long time have shown pretty steadily that over 30,000 white women a year are raped in the United States. And, you know, statistics are a funny thing, but less than one black woman a year is raped by a white man in the United States of America. How come we don't have athletes uh, getting down on one knee and, and, and protesting and bringing attention to this uh, epidemic that's going on in American? Uh, well, Frank, America? it is true that there's 10 to 1 black on white crime. And the media covers it up. Doesn't mean we hate all black people, but the media has created a culture where this is okay. The new Black Panther Party has said this. You had the lacrosse team that didn't touch the black lady, but they made that up and they, and they, and they, and they lost a lawsuit. So what you're saying is true, but this is, I need your help, Frank. You haven't called in over a year, Frank. So I appreciate you calling. This is Frank, isn't it? Yeah, it's been over, uh, 13 months actually, but you know, I really think. You need to give uh, some time for a response because, you know, this this movie, I guess, aimed to hurt Trump probably in some weird way. But, you know, it's supposed to be about David Duke, the black Klansman. And I think you really ought to have him on to respond to this because he can basically break it down. The whole movie is nothing but a bunch of lies. It's totally fictitious. It, it, you know, and, and just the fact that Frank got back on the Alex Jones show, folks. And I was like, Frank, where you been, Frank? Well, he, Frank, you got to help me out, Frank. Frank, you got to help me out. You should have just mentioned Inside the Eye Live, man. She said, you know what? There's this guy out in, out in Saudi Arabia, and he's got – just kidding, Frank. <laughs> but congratulations, man. Frank got some airplay, you know, but it's like Alex Jones was like, hey, Frank, you got to help me out. Frank, you got to help me out. I don't even know why I brought that up, but I just brought that up at this stage of the show. Anyways, guys, we got a nice show kind of lined up today. We, we're going to bring back some old veterans for this show for fun. Uh, 11 o'clock for half an hour only. We're going to have Michael Tom Goodrich on again. That's going to be at 12 o'clock or at 11 o'clock, and he'll be on from 11 to 1130. Then at 12 o'clock, we're going to bring on John Kaminsky and uh, to talk a little bit about the American politics, of course, the Jewish angle. We had fun with John. I hope he's not angry with me uh, during the Christmas season because I like John. <laughs> Actually, I do like John. Uh, but John's John, right? So, But I like John. And so we're going to bring John Kaminsky. He's already agreed now just now to come on. So that is the show lineup, everybody. Uh, Michael Tom Goodrich is going to come on from Florida. And I've got, uh, I believe, also John Kaminsky is going to come on from Florida equally uh, to discuss the State of the Union, Jewish angles, and whatever else we want to just talk about. So just kind of sit back, relax. We're going to have a great, fun, relaxed show today uh, for the most part, I think. And then we're going to get into the State of the Union address a little bit. I haven't even seen the darn thing. And also, I think we're going to get into the issue about uh, uh, Roger Stone. Uh, some very important developments in the Roger Stone story. So again, thanks f for tuning in, everybody, inside the Eye Live Intelligent Media for the Politically Aware. Back with more right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Boy, you see me working over here. The I would be live streaming this stuff, man, because I'm like working like a dog behind the scenes here, trying to make everything flow. And uh, I don't want that window for sure. I want, you know, it's hard because I only have one eye and it's not very good. 
Uh, and I just can't read these darn screens and they're just too far away from my eyes. And it makes running the show kind of difficult. And my table's just not big enough. I bought a new table, new desk here, everybody. But it's just needs to be about, I don't know, 20 centimeters to do the centimeter thing, but about half a foot. To, uh, another foot would be great, but uh, another half a foot wider would be fantastic. But unfortunately, it's not a 100. It's not. So what can I do? Uh, anyways, it's listener-sponsored and supported radio. It does rely upon your donations to help keep the network alive, up and running. And really, without your donations, folks, we don't have a platform. And the most important thing out there right now is platform, platform, platform. Without the platform, you just don't have a place to go. Basically, let's see here. Uh, John's, John's standing by, but we're trying to get them lined up here, as well as Mike. They're not on the new system here, so i got to get them updated today if we can in the process here. Let's see, where was I? We were talking about basically the uh, the obvious need for having a platform. You know, a lot of things are getting to platform lately. It's very, it is a very critical issue, quite frankly. Uh, without having platforms, it's impossible. We, it's it, it, Quite frankly, it's gotten to the point now where most of what is happening out there in the internet has become unethical. It has become dishonest. So the numbers are fudged. Uh, there are, there are likes, who knows, maybe they're putting like blocks on links, not allowing links. I got some, uh, email sent in this week talking about how we've tried to click on certain shows and it takes us 10, 12, 15 times to even get the shows to download and other shows are okay while other shows are not okay. So guys, you know, one thing about the internet is it's anonymous for the most part for the people behind the scenes and they use their anonymity to basically bully everybody into a bunch of idiots, you know, basically stupid, unethical, amoral and you can get away with it because nobody notices you you know the the anonymity appeals quite frankly to those who are amoral and the anonymity is almost required because we have to protect ourselves from these same amoral vindictive dishonest people so i've been seeing this ever since honestly the internet started uh the internet culture for the most part behind the scenes there's a ton of amorality uh, unethical, dishonest behavior from the people that are behind it. They could never make it in the real world, so they made it inside of the fake world, the virtual world where nobody could call them on their obvious uh, psychopathic nature. And so kind of that's what helped build this Internet was, again, the psychopaths. And they're in control. They dominate what's going on there. So, again, it's very important that we at least have our own platforms to the best of our ability. I know there's there are some certain things coming up like that can replace PayPal now. Now it's start, They're starting to come online now. Uh, but these are needed. We need to get rid of as much of this stuff, and we should regulate the market leaders so they do not harm the national interest. I am all for protecting the national interest. Anyways, the ITO Cat Report. Uh, first, before we get into the ITO Cat Report, donations still continue to come in this week. Only one, quite frankly, I thought there was more, but just one Jim Fire in the chat room. He's part of the $5 a month club, and he's pretty religious on that. So, Jim Fire, thank you for that. If you're in the chat, I haven't noticed, quite frankly. Let me go take a look. I'm, that, that computer's not connected to the, to the good internet, so I can't see. I hope my internet's going out okay. Let me take a look. I don't even know. Is it on the right one? Yes, it is. Okay, great. So basically, if Jim Fire, you're there, I do see you there. Okay, great. So Jim Fire, thanks so much. He's part of the $5 a month club. 
And of course, the uh, Blackbird 9, just below that, he is the sponsor of the ITIL Cat Report. And the ITIL Cat Report is brought to us by North Kaklaki Trading Post, good services and solutions for all creatures, great and small. And by Blackbird 9's Breakfast Club, a radio hosted by Frederick C. Blackburn. He is a 9-11 truth advocate, a a former North Carolina House candidate and, of course, a former 32-degree Mason. And he's out of North Carolina, of course, where he's been reporting a lot on the takeover of his uh, his part of the world. And he's been documenting that on his show for quite extensively, quite frankly. So you might want to check out Blackbird Nine's Breakfast Club. Uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of esoteric information, also a lot of really the strategies being used to take out the heartland of the South, which would be North Carolina, really trying to open up the Appalachian Corridor and bring diversity essentially into the Appalachians. That seems to be the strategy as, as uh, Frederick is talking, or I've heard him talk in the past. So, But he is, the again, the uh, sponsor of the ITIL Cat Report. Again, you can check out his website at Blackbird9, Blackbird9 Trading Posts with an S.org, blackbird9tradingposts.org. Uh, cat report this week, uh, for Saturday anyways, is kind of like Thursday. It's a little bit difficult. Uh, one eye, about a week ago or so, had been missing in action for two days. And, of course, we do get a little worried when he doesn't come back because he's pretty loyal about coming back for dinner at least. So if he's gone for one or two days, it usually means there's something wrong. And indeed there was. He's got his entire right, I thought it was his hindquarters, not the hindquarter. It is his right front foot appears to be broken. And I can't really see through the pictures if it's compound, meaning it's actually snapped. Uh, I can't see that. I, I just can't. So he has been hobbling around the house. Uh, he's not really able to jump at all. Uh, he... Looks like he's in good spirits, though. Uh, he wakes up. Uh, he basically calls, and that's basically the girl there. She knows that's meaning I want to get fed. So they take uh, they she she feeds him basically at his place. Uh, he does make it to the bathroom to use the bathroom. Uh, if he wants to go upstairs to the bathroom that we have on the roof. Uh, she has to, the girl that's taking care of them right now, the caretaker, literally is having to carry him up the stairs to the roof and then help him come down because he cannot make it down. So he is pretty well damaged right now. Uh, he's not not doing so well. He's Again, he looks in good spirits, but the foot just doesn't look good. The leg doesn't look good. Now, yesterday he tried to jump across to the, which is why he did that, who knows. But he tried to jump over to the refrigerator, which is his general perch. We have a bed up there. He, he did manage to get up to the counter to jump across. He, he missed. He basically didn't make it and fell about, who knows, uh, five and a half feet down back to the ground. And so they had to pick him up and try to, he was in pain again. Obviously, that's not a great thing to have happen to you. So he is, one eye is basically got, he, we'll have to watch for one eye. We'll just have to check out uh, what's happening with him when Emily gets back. Uh, we are still working on legal issues, papers now. The amnesty has come. So we're going to try to get this girl some papers because she's kind of like an employee in a way for me. She does help a lot around the house and takes care of issues for me. 
So she's kind of like an employee. So we're trying to make her legal in the country, guys. There is amnesty now. And again, being legal in a country is what we want to see everywhere, quite frankly. We want to see that. Uh, Things happen that make you illegal. um, But that's just the way it is. We want to see illegal in the country. And and we're like that. We Americans want to see things that we do not want to be a white something or other and talk about open borders and think that, oh, if we just keep the borders open just because we've traditionally had them open for for 40 years, that it's okay to have them open like it's okay today. Uh, We've always had an open border with uh, Mexico, with with Canada, but again, for these white something or others, they're not nationalists, that's for sure. Uh, To be arguing about how Mexico was always open that's false. It, we, we've never had open borders with Mexico. That's just a complete lie. It's, it's just complete idiotic. So, guys, we want to work within the national frameworks. We want to see our countries protected. Uh, bottom line. Okay, we want them protected. Bottom line. So, again, relative to the CAT report, uh, just, you know, our caretaker, which is like an employee of mine, I'm working on getting her legal. Okay, it's not cheap. It, it's it's thou, it's not thousands, but it's certainly in the thousands plus dollars to make her perfectly legal. Again, folks, we want to work what is fair for us Americans. We want fair to those who visit our country. I know that's not part of the I Tell Cat report, but it's just on my mind a lot this week because really we have to deal with this issue in a big way. Uh, again, because this is the main point controlling the demographics. Now, back to the cat report. Sorry about that, Frederick. Back to the cat report again. One eye. Fortunately, the gal that's helping to take care of him is really taking care of him. I did see I called in about 4.30 today. Everything looks great. Everything looks fine, except for that paw really looks bad. The paw looks fine. It looks like it's broke, though. It looks like it may even be compounded, not compounded through the but you know, what I mean, it's snapped. It looks like it might be snapped, uh, but that that would be too bad. If so, I have to probably get him a cast or something and help him out. But that's going to be an unfortunate thing. Bruiser, in the meantime, has been chasing One Eye around from time to time because he knows One Eye can't do anything. So Bruiser's just being a brat, kind of like picking on his uncle uh, from time to time. If uh, One Eye uses the bathroom, Bruiser's like making a headache for 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 One Eye in the bathroom. Like he doesn't like the smells. Like Bruiser, you're the one messing up our house, dude. Not One Eye. But anyways, it's been uh, a little bit of a stress. We've lost Blackie. We don't know what happened to Blackie. She's probably had something tragic happen to her. She was the cat that was Spiker's friend. Uh, Spiker has uh, essentially, he's alone now. He's sitting on my porch. He's got a house on the porch. He gets fed every day, and that's kind of cool. So we got the three cats, uh, Spiker outside, and then, of course, the two inside. And it's all, everything's going fine, folks. It's just, you know, it's not like we'd like to see it. We don't like to see our cats uh, smashed up a bit and poor one eye. Uh, you know, he's not going to be the dominant male sitting like that. That's for sure. Anyways, that's the ITEL Cat Report. Again, brought to us by North Cat Lackey Trading Post. Good services and solutions for all creatures, great and small. And again, uh, check out Blackbird Nine's Breakfast Club. Again, Blackbird Nine's Breakfast Club. It's a radio show hosted by Frederick C. Blackbird. And you can check it out at blackbird9tradingpost.org. That's blackbird9tradingpost.org. And uh, what can I say? It's a great show. People like it. Uh, people tell me all about it. So I, it's at a time I can't really catch it. I'm a very busy guy too. But I do catch from time to time some stuff. And he's always here. He's a, been a great listener and supporter of this show for so long. And we certainly appreciate his efforts over the years. So, Frederick, thanks so much for that. 
All right. It is now time for, uh, if I can get everything queued properly, I think we've got uh, an Oive moment coming up here, which uh, should be rather interesting. Oive. Oigevald. It's like another shower. Oive. Oive. Oive, everybody. How did it run by you? It don't like you. Very goddamn angry at some of the Jews. I thrive on boy of tears. Oy everybody! The Oyve Moment is proudly sponsored by Andrew Carrington Hitchcock, author of The Synagogue of Satan, updated, expanded, and uncensored. The Synagogue of Satan, updated, expanded, and uncensored, features a rapturous 144,000 words that is replete with additional articles never before seen in print. And after having its distribution banned by Amazon and Lulu, the Synagogue of Satan, updated, expanded, and uncensored, is now available from Andy himself at andrewcarringtonhitchcock.com. Get your copy today, won't you? Of course... Don't forget to listen to Andy's The Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show, which streams Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock a.m. to 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern on Eurofolk Radio at eurofolkradio.com. To listen, simply visit eurofolkradio.com during showtime and click on the Listen Live link or visit for Andy's free show archives, which comprises one of the most extensive guest lists in the alternative media. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, for this week's Oive moment, we are going to go to Bulgaria, believe it or not, Bulgaria. And what it is, is something that really we need to, if it'll translate, uh, it should translate. But it, it's an issue we really have to start talking about, and that is fake history. And the reason why I think it's so important is because if we look at the if we look at the uh, State of the Union address, what we saw was a complete pandering to a fake Jewish history, a history about a so-called Holocaust that never really happened, a Holocaust that seeks to deny the fact that Jews have been attacking the white civilization for decades, for centuries, literally for centuries. And what Jews are complaining about here is actually something that's very true. They're basically complaining about a very real, true story. And the title is written, Anonymous Bulgaria Site Has Posts Denying the Holocaust, Claiming Jews Carried Out Genocide of 15 Million Germans. That's actually true. That is actually true. 15 million it was estimated that the Germans lost something like 7.9 million Germans when they cleaned out Silesia after the war. 7.9, okay? Eisenhower himself is responsible for 2 million after, after the hostilities ended in he, what he called his DEF camps. Folks, it probably was close to 15.9 million Germans who were killed off after the war. And that doesn't include those who were casualties of the war itself. It doesn't include the mass rapes carried out by the Bolshevik Jews 
and their minions as they rolled into Germany. It doesn't include the same behavior on behalf of the American soldiers who came in behind and did what they did. There was only one honorable general we seem to have had, George Patton, who understood after he had conquered and destroyed Germany that this was all such a terrible tragedy and we had been fighting for the wrong side, the wrong evil entity. So when I saw this speech by President Trump, I almost said Bush, but when I saw Trump talk about how, oh, this Eisenhower and we embarked on this great thing, it is time for us Americans to honestly, and all of us in the West, to honestly review our history, stop trying to live a lie within the history that we have, and deal with the fact that we have a massive problem with the Jewish community, and it is way beyond conscionable what they have been doing to Western civilization over literally centuries. And I hope to get into some of these details, but let me get some of this story. This here, it's a post they're saying here, and it's being written out of Bulgaria again, Sophia Globe. It says, a post claiming contrary to historical fact that Jews carried out a genocide. Well, it is not contrary to historical fact. It is contrary to the lies that Jews have been selling us for literally decades now here in America. It talks here about the text refers to the 1994, it should be 1945, the 50 expulsion of ethnic Germans and German citizens from several Central and Eastern European countries. And then they say with no proof whatsoever. This type of lies is the most egregious violence being perpetrated on a people that has ever occurred. Seriously, to deny reality. You want to sit there and they will want to sit there and call us, quote unquote, deniers. And yet they will write garbage like this. The the great Nakba of the Germans, the expulsion of Silesia is very well documented. The great rapes that the Jewish people encouraged against the German people is very well documented. And for Jews to get up there and talk to us like this, again, the reparations should not be going from us to these Jews. We should be demanding reparations from the Jewish people till they are bled dry. Seriously, folks, this is existential. That's how they fight their wars. They will sit there. In fact, this is like the Oive moment, right? They will blackmail us. They will block us from being able to get an audience. You think they're not trying to bleed everybody dry here? I was talking to Andy, uh, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock, just yesterday, chatting with him. He showed me where his book, The Synagogue of Satan, which is the sponsor of this segment, was number one, and his second book in this conspiracy was number two. He was taken in not a lot, but it was certainly a living from his Amazon sales, and Jews demanded it be taken down. Why? Because Jews want to bleed everybody dry. And if Jews don't want to believe that, baloney. And being polite here. This quote here, it's, it's a quote coming out of Sofia, and out of Bulgaria, actually. And this is the quote from the blog that's, that's claimed to be lying. It says, this is the terrible truth of Jewish robberies, mass rapes, mass murders, and enslavement of the German people in the last days and after the end of the Second World War, which continue to this day. That's according to the Post. Then it was accompanied by photographs, the captions of which allege that they are Germans being expelled but have been used to depict scenes from the Holocaust. And that's probably very true because we know for a fact 
for a fact that many of the pictures that Jews have presented to us as historical fact have been fake history, fake news. It is what these flakes, actually it's evil, have been doing for centuries. And when we say that the Jewish people, if you want, if you don't want to take it that far, but elements of the Jewish people are enemies of America, enemies of Western civilization, we are clear and we are truthful. This particular site was linking, was linking apparently to a Facebook page. And there are several pages in the name of, it's called Anonymous Bulgaria. See, folks, people are waking up and we need to keep pushing this issue. Trump got up there on the, on a global stage there, although it's targeting the American audience. And he talks about how the Jews, 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 Jews. And then Jews want to say, oh, you got Jews on the brain. Well, you know what? You're shoving your crap in our face every single minute. What do you think? We're not supposed to have it on our brain. It's just we don't accept it in the way that you're giving it to us because we know that the Jewish people are a bunch of liars, frauds, and fakes, and they are using it to distort reality, to distort history, and to impose upon us an order that is only going to continue and the loss and the genocide of Western civilization. That, my dear friends, is what's really happening out there in this great war here. There's a report. It showed in the case of Bulgaria, they're claiming here 100% of the posts referred to an NGO that acted as a monitoring partner in the country. Let's see if I can read that properly. Ah, there was an NGO that forced this information offline. Again, Jews forced this information offline. Who are your enemies? It's no secret. It's the fetch inside the eye live. Tom Michael Tom Goodrich after this. Back with more inside the eye live intelligent media for the politically aware. All right, everybody. I'm looking for Mike on this new server here. And I figured, okay, you've heard enough of that music. I'll turn it down while I continue to look. And so here I am. I'm back. I just got word. Uh, John Kaminsky's got some personal issues. He's going to be bailing on us. So we'll be covering that hour with no issues. And I'm still looking for Mike. Where the heck did Mike go? Mike, did you approve this new thing, man? If you're listening, I just don't see you. Okay, there it is. Okay, add that call. Okay, fine. I found him. And it's calling. Very good. It helps just use the search to hundreds of contacts. But I thought I'd just talk to him. So we're now reaching out to, to Michael Tom Goodrich. And let's hope he just connects here in a second. And uh, he is now officially connected. Uh, Join us from Florida, I assume. Again, the author, Hellstorm, the death of Nazi Germany, 1944 to 1947. Michael Tom Goodrich. Mike, welcome back to Inside the Eye Live. Well, my buddy, thanks for having me back. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, it's great being here. Well, there you go. It'll help if I pot you up. You know, I've got this nice, sophisticated system here behind the scenes now, so I can take phone calls, Mike. But, man, you got to be like an airline pilot to fly this stuff, I'll tell you. <laughs> and then you got to talk at the same time. It's like, man. Uh, uh, I happen to be a co-host once on a <clears throat> uh, M-Stream a mainstream media uh, radio broadcast. Uh, former wife had a weekly program, three hours each day, and I had to fill in one day. And brother, you're talking. <laughs> I'd rather fly and try to fly a jet airplane than uh, do that. It's very difficult. Uh, I have no doubts, you know. And I'm like, I don't see things. But anyways, how are you? How are things in Florida right now? 
Hey, good. They're hey, warm good. and They're finally warm. getting warm. And I've got an echo here, but I, there's one thing I have to get off my chest right now before I forget it because I always forget it. Okay. Okay. Go it's on. this, your uh, first half hour bumper music. That would be 1030. I'm obsessed by it. In fact, the, the song might be called Obsession. Be, I cannot come up with the name of that wonderful. About the 1031. Yes, I'm talking about the Not electrical guitar, and it's got that haunting, beautiful, mysterious music. Anybody listening who knows the title of that song, please send me a link. It's called, it's called Secrets. And I don't think so, brother. I, yes, think I, I think I asked you that one time, and I looked up and down under Secrets, could not find it, but I'm going to write it down again. It's this I, one here? You know, I'm still learning to fly. In. That one? That's it. Ah, that's it. I love that thing. I'm haunted by that music. Well, I'll tell you what. We got to send that guy some. Uh, <laughs> we got to send that guy some money or something. Oh, that's just about. I'm big into uh, instrumentals. Now what I got to do is figure out how to turn the darn thing off. I, I could. Uh, once I get my hands on that, the link, I'm not letting go of it. I'm going to save I'll, it for I'll once a month. It, I, I, uh, it is so beautiful. Just anyway, I go to another uh, another realm when I hear that music. But anyway, brother, you, I'm you doing remember, okay. You remember Mary, right? Yes, of course. She got in touch with me like yesterday out of the blue, two days ago out of the blue. I'm like, wow. And she liked to have the same attitude towards some of my other music. I'm like, so I must have good taste in eclectic music. Yes, I would say good taste in music and ladies too, by the way. But uh, anyway, man, I'm doing okay. I have no complaints uh, other, <clears throat> other than the normal complaints, you know. But no, everything's copacetic. I'm extremely busy. Uh, well, that's that, a good thing. That, that aside, I can't think of a way I'd like to spend an hour of my Saturday afternoon than talking to my good friend, you. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for coming on on such a short, short notice. I've got so many things I'm trying to do here. We actually do have a caller on the line already. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, being klutzy and trying to work everything, I just can't find where to pot them up. But hi from the 912. Whoops. Might help if it's first turn that off, huh? Uh, Steve, Mike, hold on, man. I'm really, I do know no what problem. I'm doing. I do no know problem. what I'm doing. <laughs> gotta talk at the same time, and that's what makes it so difficult. <laughs> it ain't hard to do all this stuff. It's just that I need a bigger screen, man. I got to pop this up on like a 40 inch screen uh -huh. so I can separate all the elements, and then I bet oh, you I could do this thing pretty darn good. Anyways, yeah. from the 912 area code, hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Hello, Mr. Goodstein. Mr. Yeah, it's the Fetch Yeah, how are you? I'm doing good, Fetch. You're getting on the uh, the Fat Boy Show show on RBN soon. You could push uh, David Duke and Don Blad oh, and all the boys on. I'll that. do that. Thanks that's so much for your call. Working. Thanks a lot. Yeah, great. That was a great call. Uh, that's our that's our ornery guy. He changed his voice a little bit on it. <laughs> <laughs> tried to tried to sneak it in there. He was clever that time. Well, you know, as you they are, say, diversity is our strength, and I guess you need all sorts of phone calls, so what the hell? You know, as my mom used to say, it takes all kinds to make the world go around, but I'll tell you, I think she didn't even have in mind what they're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, I got to listen earlier. 
uh, in their first uh, hour a little bit. Yeah, uh, Frank, that's the, just exactly the kind of guy we need um, to ne- to uh, cancel out all the Hasbro haters out there who um, have a tendency to, to, to uh, try to nail us. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Frank, he's one of those guerrilla fighters uh, who – Picks yes. people off from the tree line. In other words, you don't have to be out there on a soapbox in the middle of a street, paint yourself blue to in get attention. Yard. Yeah, or to uh, make a to make a, uh, a an impact. You can just do things like Frank's doing and do it twenty four seven. That's a, that's what guerrilla warfare is all about, and that's what we're in right now. But anyway, uh, thank you to Frank. By the way, this is my personal thank to Frank. Thanks to Frank for uh doing what he does yeah it's very effective uh it is you know and 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 you could see actually alex jones seemed to have been like uh missing frank it's like where mm-hmm. you been frank you know in, mm-hmm. in, in a nice way it's like where's frank been all this time yeah. uh, he was he was poking fun at him of course that's that's alex jones but at the same time you can't deny the effectiveness of just as you said getting in people's faces and and talking yeah, the other side's been doing that for so long, for at least uh, 50 years to us. It's it's wonderful to turn the tables on these people because we got the one thing they don't have, never will have, and that's the truth. And as long as you stick to the truth and lay off the uh, exaggeration and the lies and the hyperbole, just speaking the truth, you're going to win every time, I guarantee you. And it'll resonate with people. They won't forget it. They'll hear that, what you're saying. They'll think about it. It's never going to leave their brain. It's always going to be stuck up there somewhere. And they might actually act upon it someday. So, Frank, continue yeah. what you do, and I hope you've got a lot of imitators out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's also the case, you know, what they say about one basic truth. You know, that truth reverberates and has an effect even if people don't af- intend to have an, have an effect on them. And I think it even affects our enemies out there, Mike, because quite mm-hmm. frankly, what do they do? Every time they hear it, they panic. They They go into attack mode. They do whatever they can because it actually reverberates on them equally. Uh, the universe has this harmony to it, and the truth really harms them. And that's you know why what, you know what else? What else? It, it makes them even more extreme, even even more disgusting. And uh, they they're, they're saying and doing things now because they they hate what they hear from us, and they become more extreme. And uh, yeah, it makes them uh, sloppier. It makes them easier to point out, to pick off. So. Yeah. Yes, uh, things like Frank and other folks that I've heard. Uh, keep it up because that's something they can't stand. You and the truth. They cannot stand it. But anyway, yeah. that's, <clears throat> hey, there's some one other thing I've got to mention. And uh, sure. every opportunity I get, I've got to do this somewhere. I'm trying to find a Japanese translator for both my book, Hellstorm, and uh, the more, more recent book, Summer 1945. I'm having zero luck on that. I had a couple lined up. I thought they were good to go. Wrong on both accounts. And um, But I am I need to get this out every time I get a chance. Uh, is If you know, or if you are a native-speaking Japanese, uh, a nationalist, preferably, uh, who wants to think about doing a translation of a book that will resonate with, I think, every every person in Japan, every thinking person, uh, please give me a an email, mtgoodrichaol.com, and we'll talk. Yeah, very good. Yeah, definitely right. get uh, 
Thank you for that. I'll, I'll put a feeler out equally through my sources. I used to do a sh- ton of business in Japan. So yeah, for those yeah. many years, I could always send emails and say, hey, what's up? And do you got anybody who can do something for us? And let's see. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send out some emails this week for sure. Yeah. Uh, just just to see what we can do. Never know. You never know. Oh, thank you so it's much. Many years and years, two decades actually, <laughs> but you never know. Yeah. Yeah, it's been two decades. Actually. Anyway. Anyway. I'll, anyway. I'll, State, State be, of the Union address, real quick. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, like any of it? I, or you like you kind of like didn't haven't had even the chance to watch it. I used to watch the damn things way back in another period. I got so bored by the, the tedium of it all, the the non the, the attempt to placate virtually everyone listening out there, trying to uh, make everybody happy. And I don't think it changed with Trump. No, I did not listen to the it the other night but i've read a lot of folks who did watch it and um what they're saying is what i thought yeah he's the thing about the wall i heard the most about that of course um okay he's still talking about the wall great uh number one i consider myself one of the original core supporters of donald trump i voted for him and i've worked for him and uh uh, i I think i had a little part in helping him get reelected or elected but on the other hand, it was all about the wall. Yeah, it had a lot to do with the Middle East, too, which, unfortunately, everything's uh, nothing good there has happened, as far as I know. But mostly the wall right now. Where is the wall? We want the wall. Without the wall, we drop you. We drop you flat. We don't. Um, and when he's talking about building the wall, good, I'm, I'm happy. But when he's talking about flooding this country with legal immigration, well, here's what the thing. is that here's, No, I, I heard that. I heard that. Here's where you can play with that, though. The main thing is you got to cut the illegal stuff because the Democrats are working overtime to create situations where all of this immigrant stuff is given a franchise to vote in our country or a path to citizenship. There's absolutely zero reason why we should have a Somalian woman in our House of Congress and our House of Representatives. Okay, none. We should never allow a Somalian woman to come to our country and become a citizen. We are not going to go to their country. We are not going to be sitting in their governments. We are not going to be able to dictate to them, quite frankly, how they run their countries. And it is not for Somalians to come to our country and tell us how to run our countries. Bottom line. I heard some comments about that. Who are these people that come here? They've only been franchised. They've only been here 13 years, and now they are running our country as part of our representatives in our government. This should never be tolerated, Mike. So let's cut that. Furthermore, legal immigration should never, ever imply a path to citizenship. This is the key issue that we need to start raising. Every other country out there does not allow us to become a citizen. They do not allow us to vote. And if we involve ourselves in their politics, they will catch us and they will deport us for basically involving ourselves And you've been overseas, Mike. You're not there on a political visa. You're there as a visitor. If you want to involve yourself in the local politics, guess what they're going to do to you? They're going to to arrest you, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, okay, we need as nationalists to take the same mentality. Enough of this crap. Of Okay, you want to be a migrant here and you want to stay? Okay, no problem. You can stay. Every year you pay your fees. Every year you get you get your background check done and you pay for it. Every year we will decide whether or not we want to allow you to work. That's how it's done everywhere in the world. Everywhere. So who are we Americans to give these people more advantages in their countries will give to us? 
Yes. Yes. This is hardcore nationalism. Now, I don't care whether. Listen, I'm a, I'm an immigrant, technically, guys. I'm in Saudi Arabia. I'm making my money. Legal immigrant. I'm not against legal immigration at all. But it's all based on what? It's based on economic need. The second they don't need me, guess what happens? My immigration is cut. They don't issue a visa. I clear out the next day. And we should be treating these people the same way. I'm not against people getting economic advantage around the world. There's nothing wrong with that. But it has to be done in a way that we do not lose our countries. And the Democrats and the Jewish people are making it to where, oh, well, they pay taxes. Well, who gives a crap? We all pay taxes. Yes, uh, I don't disagree with anything you've said. In fact, um, I don't want to hear anything about immigration, legal or illegal. That's enough. That's, we're filled. We're, we're full. In the U.S., we're not, full. I, I'm not, and that's just the point here. Legal immigration can mean we can cut it tomorrow, Mike. Yep. Okay. No doubt about legal it. Legal immigration, we can cut it tomorrow. We so can I don't force care. the damn thing, legal. too, let me tell you. Exactly. We can cut legal immigration tomorrow. So I don't care if it's legal because we will determine what's legal. See, in other words, everyone's assuming that because it's legal, you have to keep it going forever. No, you don't. The point I, I, is it's legal. I'd like now to Now we can cut it down. That's the point here about how people got to approach this and stop staying at home and watching their televisions all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, uh, I want to hear somebody start talking about reverse immigration. I want to hear that not only are we going to shut, shut everything down, no more. We're full. What can I say? We're full. We've got enough people. That's it. We don't need any more. Now we need to get rid of those who are here who came after 1965. They've got to get out. We've got to make more room. Uh, two million, we, listen, two million people inside of Saudi Arabia have left the kingdom in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Reverse because the government creates the policies that make it unpalatable and uneconomical to stay. People are generally there for economic gain, economic benefit. They're not, most of them aren't there to destroy your country like the MI13 MI or MS13 gangs and people like that. We have that, let's be honest. But they're there for economic benefit. If the country, we decide we do not need this and we have the workforce to put them in play, because it is economics, then we force it. If employees want to complain, oh, I'm paying too much, we start to put together a tax. See, we have to take the, the landed class. We're not here to penalize to where we don't reward, uh, what do you call it, reward uh, uh, innovation and hard work. You know, We want that, of course, all of us do. But we have to take care of our people equally. There has to be a balance. Their their benefits are still coming from the nation state equally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this, this nonsense about merit based immigration. I, I don't like that either. We've got enough we've got enough merit okay. in this nation already, enough scientists, enough dreamers, enough inventors okay. and creators. We do not need to import especially colored from any other nation on earth. They need to stay there and create their own nations. We don't need them here. Uh, we were doing just fine until 1965 when the, the entire apparatus was overthrown, that is the immigration apparatus, and we started accepting virtually anything a crawl, creeper, uh, swim to this country. That's, that's what I mean by reverse immigration. We've got to take it back because this is not working. What, what it all, it's all about economic policies against these people. Well, those we have who, to create 
it has to be focused on, look at what other countries are doing, learn what they're doing and create situations to where it's no longer viable for people to stay in the country. And should they stay, they're going to get smashed by the state. Yeah, you know, you were talking about there should never be a Somalian woman in the U.S. Congress. I agree with you totally on that. Uh, these people come in, they hardly get uh, you know, get across the border when they start dictating to us on their morality and what things they need, they want to see done. And, and hey, look, I am so sick to death of that sort of approach. And as, as if it's absolutely normal for an individual to come into another nation, just arrive, and then basically start asserting their rights in this country. Yeah. I don't do that when I go abroad. Trust me, just like you mentioned. Hell no. I yeah. try to adhere as close as I can to the law. I may not enjoy the laws like in Germany or other places, but I adhere to them um, because I don't want to go to jail. And it's on another level, it's – I have no right there. No reason. I should yeah, never say that. to come and yes. dictate to these people how to run their country? And I just I showed be- up. And even if I'm here in 10 years in Jordan, who am I to start telling the Jordanians how to run? Who am I to start taking a position in their parliament and start telling Jordanians, you must, 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 must get out of my country? They're going to take me the next day and send me, Dennis, nice knowing you, but here's your airplane ticket. Get the hell out. And there's no reason Americans should not start treating everybody this way. You're not being intolerant. You're protecting your interests. And there's a huge difference because somebody from Somalia, their interests are not your interests. This woman is advocating for men pretending to be women to compete against women, for instance, in athletics. How is that sporting? How is that Western values, Western traditions? That's not. Hey, uh little off the subject here. I've got a question for you. Um, <clears throat> let's just assume we do get the wall. Let's just assume that core supporters like myself do come back to Trump. And let's just assume that he wins 2020. Do you foresee something much, much more different about Trump after he becomes a lame duck, after he's secured his renomination? Do you think he'll start becoming more of an of, a, of a, an American nationalist for a change instead of this well, internationalist. Well, a lot of people are telling me they've got some dirt on this guy, and it's pretty deep. Dirt. Yeah, Is dirt. Just, yeah. dirt. Yeah, that well, actually they did find something on him, and they, and basically this is why he's not that forceful, strong guy that he was, and it has mm-hmm. something to do perhaps with his family. Uh, that's why you don't involve nepotism. And it's got something to do with his family. And then the next thing you know, Jared Kushner's getting his, uh, uh, you know, his security clearance, even though he should not have it. He's basically a Mossad agent. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. part, he's, he's, he is one, basically. Okay, that could be some damaging stuff. But I've got to tell you straight, man. Um, we've all, if somebody dug, that could all pull up dirt from all of us. And I, I'm not afraid of dirt. I'm not afraid of Trump's dirt. Um, I'm... I, I know why it would be used against him, but uh, I, I honestly don't think the core supporters will give a damn about dirt. They understand where the uh, source is coming from, and they'll probably ignore it anyway. But I'm just hopeful that if we can get him in there 2020, uh, that he will suddenly bare his chest and show us what he's all about. And we will suddenly start getting some action, especially in the Middle East. I'm talking about if the wall goes through. If the wall doesn't go through, forget it. Uh, He's not See, the going to go anywhere. Here, the point here is for us on the nationalist community, which you are one 
our main focus, Mike, has always been about first, we have to stop the demographic side. Yes. Yes. We have to, no choice. Otherwise, forget it. It's, it's game over. Right. So you have to stop it whether you like it or not. You have to stop it. Otherwise, go to South Africa for about a month mm-hmm. and then come back and tell us whether we're telling you the truth or not. Because yeah. already you've got black activists out there that are sounding just like Malema and everybody else that's radicalized in South Africa that are are actually killing people. We have it in America all the time, as Frank said there, 30,000. 30,000 white women are, are raped by black people already. Now imagine if it's even, they have control of the courts and the police and they really don't care. It ain't going to be just raping. It's going to be exactly like South Africa. And yeah, there's good, nice black people. There's good, nice black people in South Africa too. But that's not the issue, is it? No, and I, I don't think... You know, we, Mike, we've we're known... going into a break. We're going okay. into a break. Okay. It's, a, it's a fetch with uh, Michael Tom Goodrich inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. Back with more right after this. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's the fetch inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. Uh, again, coming to you from Riyadh. Weather again is very nice. We're in the middle 60s right now. It's about to what, 7.30 in the afternoon, evening, early evening. Going to be taco night for me, Mike. Our guest, Michael Tom Goodrich, author of Hellstorm, The Death of Nazi Germany, 1944 to 1947. Mike, it's going to be taco night tonight. Oh, oh. I got, I got, I got some uh, tortillas flown in from Los Angeles. So it is absolutely taco night here in Rio. Hey, you know, I got a tip for somebody out there. Anybody listening? Um, I've been a veggie for about 30 years, closer to veganism now, I suppose. And I know there's some people that get upset when they hear that, but, uh, uh, I have not missed out on anything. I, f- I make tacos that are veggie tacos. And, brother, once you get the sauce on there and the cheese and the, the, yeah. the good stuff, it's all good, right? it, it makes me forget it. Yeah, and hamburgers, I can make them you know, as good as they ever were. Chili, too. Things all like right. That. How do you make hamburgers, vegan hamburgers? Uh, man, no my problem. My sister's a vegan, man. She was, would you like a burger? And I'd go to the freezer and it's like no. barbecue flavored vegan burgers. Like, well, if you're going to barbecue flavored, come on, just make the real no. thing. This ain't it. That This is not that, man. I'm telling you straight. And one of these days we'll hook up and I'll do a little bit of that for you, a little of that uh, cuisine hey, cooking but, stuff. So, I, and, I can eat everything. Just don't give me dog meat. I, they tried to feed me that. <laughs> once. I'm like, please, guys. Please, really, I can't, I can't do it. Hey, I know I've eaten dog and cat, probably mule and roadkill at times. Uh, when I was earlier, when I was younger, I go down to Mexico once in a while at filthy border towns, and man, the the the, the smells you get in the streets there—that's not beef, that's not pork. I got to tell you, I know that. That's, that's cultural enrichment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not forgot that smell though. By the way, I know it when I smell it, but. Um, yeah, yeah, tacos. That sounds great. Uh, gee whiz, um, something I do miss. Now I got to tell you this straight. Okay, something. you said gee whiz. Okay, gee whiz. I can. I could say other things, but I'm not going no, to. I'm going to put a play on that one because one thing a, I never liked was cheese whiz. Oh, <laughs> that was disgusting, man. That is just artery clogging stuff that'll just yeah. kill you. Yeah, Jeez. truly, it is. There's some real garbage out there you can put in yourself. But uh, the stuff I make is not that. But, uh, no, I, in fact, I love it. Uh, 
I wouldn't ever go back now. Um, but anyway, uh, there's a few things I wanted to mention to you and see what you think, and I know you think a lot about it. Uh, we know for a fact that uh, Jews are first and foremost in open borders for all white nations. We know that. We get that. Uh, you can see it at work everywhere in Europe and America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, a lot of folks think that's the only only uh, overt form of anti-white hate that they've got in them. This this idea, while Israel has this wonderful, huge wall, keeping Israel nice and safe, and I have no problem with that at all. But at the same time, their representatives in various nations uh, are just uh, night and day uh, trying to ensure that our nations do never, never, ever secure their borders. Uh, we get that. That's anti-white hatred. That's, a, that's genocide by replacement. We know that. And I think more and more people are starting to really understand that when they see it. There are many other ways that the Jews are at war with us. A lot of folks may not even realize it. I did an article. It's gotten some it's gotten a lot of feedback. Um, I've been away from my website for a couple of years. I'm trying to get back to it now. But this most recent article was um, – it's on Jewish advertising in America especially. Um, you know, Madison Avenue, that's, a, that's another name for Jewish advertising ad agencies and how they've gone to work. Since I got back to the U.S. Uh, last summer – I'm doing something I very seldom ever did in my life, and that is sit down in the evening and watch a little TV. I like true, true crime stuff, and I, it's generally that, just relaxation type of stuff. But I just cannot get over the complexion of the Jewish-made advertisements on TV now. I can, I'm not talking about your local mom-and-pop stuff where they're advertising you know, cafes and uh, hardware stores, things like that. I'm talking about these glitzy uh, million-dollar ads that they're putting out for the major companies, corporations, whatever, whatever they're pitching, insurance or, uh, you know, beauty stuff, whatever, uh, how flagrantly anti-white these Jewish ads are. I mean, it's unbelievable. To me, it is. I, uh, keep yeah. in mind, I hadn't watched TV for a couple of years. Actually, um, I have, Mike, we have calls coming in. Let's get uh, to Go for it. Yeah, go calls. for it. Uh, first, I can only take one call at a time, but from the 201 area code. Hi, you're on with Michael Tom Goodrich, Inside the Eye Live. Mr. Goodstein likes to call them. Okay. <laughs> Hi. From the 267, maybe it's the same guy, and he can just have a multi. From the 267 area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Can you hear me, Fitz? Yeah, you're live. Hi, with Michael Tom Goodrich. This is Mark the Spark in Philly, friend of Frank's. Okay, hi, hi, just, welcome. Just, doing all right. I just I, I haven't been able to listen to your show yet, uh, but I just wanted to ask you about this guy named Brendan O'Connell, who's over there in Malaysia, who's been ostracized or exiled from Australia. And he went through some heavy stuff by exposing the how the how Israel had invaded uh, infiltrated Australia. Do you have any any comments about this, Brendan O'Connell? Are you aware of him and uh, what he's up to? I've and- been on. I've had him on the show here, quite frankly. And uh, again, some of his stuff is okay, and some of it is not. So just take everything with a grain of salt and pick out what you can. What would you say is not okay? Well, I mean, some of his stories about you know just. Again, being an expat myself, you know, I was kicked out of Iran and this and that. It's like, dude, come on, what are you doing, really? 
without getting into the details, I don't know what you're doing. It just sounds not up to, you know, I mean, how do you get, you got kind of noisy there in the background, but how do you get like asylum and then you're, you know what I mean? All these problems later. There's more going to the story than we have. Would be okay. my would be my you. guess. There's more going on than we're getting. Okay. Also, uh, earlier on uh, Farron uh, Farron Show show on RBN, uh, somebody called in about a series called Europa. Okay, I'm I guess not aware it's on of that. YouTube. Not aware of that, but okay. And he said that we, he said that we should watch parts four, one, and seven of this series called Europa. Sorry about the wind noise. I'm outside. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'll just give you the heads up. It sounds interesting. I'm going to take a look at it uh, just uh, for you and your listeners. Maybe there's something to this. He says it's, this guy called in. He said it's, it, it made him sick when he watched it, but it ends up telling about the final the final showdown of what's, what's coming if we don't stand up. So anyway. Uh, so, uh, anything in art that can do help is great to hear. So thanks. We'll Okay, it's called Europa, and it's on YouTube. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, okay, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. That's Mark. Yeah, Mike, we've actually talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. No, where you know what's in store for the for Western civilization is one of the most dastardly things that we can imagine if people don't really start waking up and taking serious. uh, what do you call it? Serious uh, reflection of what's happening around them, I guess. You know something? Um, we humans, we're not endowed with telescopic vision. We cannot look ahead one year, much less 10 or 100 years, uh, unfortunately. But there's a few of us, and I consider myself one of them, who can actually uh, – do a little bit of that telescopic vision type of thing. Maybe it's because I'm a historian. Maybe because I have to start thinking about what's in the future before I can start writing about in the present what's in the past, if you know what I'm saying. It may sound confusing, but I'll tell you what. Okay, let's just make uh, just try to be graphic about it. If you had a – let's just say the U.S. You've got a blank black map of the United States, if you put a red dot everywhere there was a white nationalist website or webcast or podcast or um, uh, anything to do with white nationalism and getting the word out, it would be be festooned with little red dots in that black American uh, background of this nation. I could almost guarantee you that if you Every morning when you wake up, there'd be a couple of new dots out there. This guy this, who just got through calling in, bless his heart, a uh, friend of Frank's, a friend of mine. But uh, talking about a new uh, Europa, I think it was the, the, the uh, name of the place. Europa uh, TV, yeah. Yeah, I've got to guarantee you that if you included Europe into this map that I'm talking about, of red dots, they'd be sparkling every morning. You'd find new ones everywhere because people are waking up. Because of people like Frank and this last guy, and you, of course, um, that's the good news about this thing. Yes, we are waking up. Do we'll, will we have enough time before World War Three or before uh, some really bad stuff happens, civil war, whatever? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that. I can't. I can't see that in my telescopic vision. But I can see that we are winning, and we are winning big time, big time. Because, like I said, we mentioned this earlier in the program. Um, the more of us the more fearful and frustrated and angry and, uh, let's say, determined 
the Jewish enemy becomes. And uh, not only that, but they become sloppier. They become more, uh, uh, their actions become more exaggerated and obvious to even Uh, dumb people, to even the slower-witted people. And that's why we're winning, man, is because we're finally, the, the, the mask is coming off. We're seeing exactly what they have in store for us. And it's like you say, yes, it's really going to be terrible, but we're going to make sure that well, it doesn't ever come to that. Mike, uh, let's, that's let's, my let's give, Mike, let's give the audience a, a, what really terrible is and what Jews have already done. How about we do that for a second? How, how do you like that? Uh, it's, not, it's not a pretty picture. I know you're talking it's about, world, world, I'm, oh, you're I'm talking about world War II. I'm going even further back. Oh, America! I'm American Civil War. Six hundred thousand people killed. That if there's three children brought about from that, that's one point three million children not born. Two point mm-hmm. seven million grandchildren. Four million generation four great grandchildren. Six million great great grandchildren. From the Civil War, Jews have effectively killed off twenty four point one million white people, folks. World War. I should. I should block that down, but uh, hi, joining us from the UK, Mr. Paul English. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live with Michael Tom Goodrich. Hi, uh, good afternoon, Dennis. Good afternoon, Tom. I'm driving. I thought I'd, uh, oh I thought I'd try and get through. Yeah, do I sound terrible? Well, you can never sound terrible, Paul. I think even on your worst day with laryngitis, you're going to sound like an absolute master of your voice. Uh, the reason I want to call in, I'm calling in to complain bitterly because when Tom came on, right, I'm driving, I've got a long drive, and I completely lost my bearings because I got so engrossed in what you were talking about. I missed my turn off. I'm in the middle of nowhere now. It's terrible. You wrecked my drive. Man, you pay attention to driving. Ignore us. We need you. Yeah, you're doing great. You know, so basically you're about ready to run into the Irish hard border now or what? Yeah, something like that. I don't know what it is. It's still light. I'm just out in the middle of nowhere. Rain's lashing down and no, it's not too bad at all. But uh, no, good what you were talking about. So by the way, I don't know Frank. I just thought I'd call in and let you know that I'm one of the few people obviously doesn't know Frank and I don't know him. (laughs) Well, Frank is like an icon in the listener call-in market. He is like the king of calling into radio shows. And he's a big, he calls in, he really supports Inside the Eye but he is like a, he's like the king of the call-in, listener call-in. You know, he's number one. Right. For the other uh, side, he's... I I just thought I'd give you a call. It's great what you're talking about, really enjoying the show. You're keeping me tremendous company on my little journey here as I scoot around in the middle of wherever I am. Hey, Paul. And uh, it's a good afternoon's listening as well. And uh, Paul? Course, uh, just going back to what Tom was saying about his essay, if, if anybody's not caught that, it's a cracker. I, I got it. Someone forwarded it on to me a few days ago. And uh, what's going on there with Tom's observations regarding advertising in the States, it's exactly the same here. It's been this way for a long, long time. I mean, we've said that... Uh, you know, if an alien came down here and just watched TV advertising, he'd have a very weird idea about what the nature of life in this country because every black man's married to a white woman in the advertising world. It's unbelievable, you know, and it's all nonsense. And so it's exactly the same. All the white guys are dweebs. They're all useless. They can't work out anything. They're all rather weedy. And, of course, the magnificent other characters are played by the others, you know. So same old, same old. I guess it's a global thing. Yeah, but guess what, Paul? Uh, as you already know, um, 
the white people, straight white men on these commercials, yes, they're always uh, bumbling, idiotic, stupid, clumsy clowns, incapable of solving even the simplest of tasks. We're talking about the same straight white guy whose ancestors uh, Sorry this. discovered, uh, developed electricity, automobiles, airplanes, computers heart transplants, moon landings, and yet they're portraying virtually every straight white guy on this as some sort of clumsy, yeah. uh, open-mouthed buffoon who uh, does little more than eat junk food and, uh, you know, be, be, needs uh, really valuable, intelligent, articulate black and brown people to lead him along. In other words, that's the way these commercials play out. And you're right about the uh, race mixing, overt. Yes, it's hard to find a straight, or a straight white couple, white couple. Uh, it's generally always a black man or brown man with a white woman on their arm, but, uh, you know, infinitely happy you know, and brilliant and successful. You know what's insane, you guys, is that the American British brands with their malls, right? You, you bring the brands over to Saudi Arabia and you even see it in the stupid advertising inside of a Saudi store. And it's got like the black guy and the white woman. And of course, the woman's face is blotted out because, oh, haram, that's like you can't have a woman's face, right? So they, they like screen it. They like flush, not flush, but blur it out. And then you got the black guy. I'm like, this is so stupid. Yeah, these are all the Jewish ad agencies in America called Madison Avenue. Of course, this is the, another aspect, another uh, part of their war against us, this overt attack upon us in advertising. Now, that's what I mean by them becoming uh, exaggerated with their hatred of us. It's becoming more obvious, more uh, open, and more and more people are seeing this. Uh, but yeah, there's a, I mean, you could go on and on. You go on with abortion, pornography, things like that. There are other wars with us. Um, but yeah, uh, it's becoming easier to see who really, really does hate us. Um, so I, I, you know, I tend to get very optimistic at times when I see what they're doing, the incalculable, incalculably stupid mistakes they are making. Uh, and the, the, our reaction to it, yes. Uh, but, Paul, hey, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on the road and uh, your hands on the wheel, yeah. man. We, hey, he, Paul, he, can he I did, No, he got off the line, I think. Oh, uh, he did. He, he okay. felt he wasn't being heard, so he... he I don't know. Uh, I've got but to he, say something right mind. here now. Uh, Paul is, uh, well, as we both know, he's he's a, a Superman, more or less. This guy is really busy all the time. He's like Frank, except uh, Paul is, gee, I mean, it's all about vocal, uh, verbal, uh, vocal type of situations. Um, Paul is just about ready to uh, be finished, conclude the Ebook, the narration of Hellstorm in English. Paul's been doing this for uh, several months now and working hard on yeah, it. He's got a great voice for that, man. It's, yes, I'm going to tell you. I wish um, I had his voice. I'm like like the smooth talking guy, and he's like this rich, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, I just can't get there, man. I can't do it, you know. And I, but I listen to me, and I'm like, dude, you still sound good. But she ain't got that voice, you know. It's like a different style. Oh, it's a smooth book. I think I think that's a great cast, you know, a great cast, you know. Yeah. I, also, there's a German version of it too. Uh, I won't say anything more on that. But the, a gentleman's 
uh, reading or narrating this for an ebook the that is Hellstorm for a and not an ebook excuse me uh, an audio book of Hellstorm in German so that's in progress but like I said earlier boy if I could find a Japanese translator or narrator uh, you know, my dream would be answered on that. But, uh, yeah, this, this business, American advertising, I didn't realize it was also in Saudi Arabia, places like that. But, yeah, it's it's lame, man. I'm serious. Where It's a country where the men are all in white and the women are all in black. And I got to look at some black, white guy and a white girl. It's like, dudes, at least mix it the other way. But, no, that wouldn't work here. Actually, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah, there was one one Jewish ad uh, for progressive insurance here in America, and I just could not get over it. There was this beautiful young white girl, of course, bumps into a black guy at the jukebox, and they fall instantly in love. You can see it in their eyes. In the very next shot, it shows this uh, deeply smitten duo. They're up on a stage, happily performing to a rapturous audience out there, and the the uh, the words across the screen break in and says, now that's progressive. Yeah, that's their message. That's their moral well, that, message to it, us. That is. That is the progressive agenda, and it's failing left and right. And I think, really, people are starting to wake up to that. You the know, main we, issue we have, Mike, is the women. I think the men are starting to come around faster because men have to create. It seems to be in the DNA, but so many women, mm-hmm. I think it's a problem. I think the problem is with the women. Yeah, don't watch too yeah, much TV wrong. because maybe you're, I'm you're, wrong. But those the stuff in comments I hear is like, what are you? Doing uh, I'll tell you what, we have a different take on that because I am in contact with a lot of women on our side uh, every okay. week. I won't say well, every day. Right. Uh, and believe me, they are our people. They are our sisters, and so it's, it's it's understandable that they would be seeing and feeling and sensing the same things we are. And they are. It's just I don't think okay. they're as quick. On the on the trigger as we are as men are, but no, they. I've got to tell you what by the thousands they're coming over, uh, because it's all about them too. They get it. They're white. I saw I saw a nasty thing about toxic masculinity the other day, and it was white. It was a white neighborhood too. It was in a snowstorm, and this lady in red, believe it or not, went walking. Take went out for a walk, and like fifteen big kind of medium sized dogs attacked her. And a guy came over with his snow shovel and basically smacked them all away. And that, my dear friends, is toxic masculinity on display. And what a terrible thing, Mike. Where did you say this again? What was this? On YouTube. Some video someone sent me. And they oh. said toxic masculinity on display. And it's like, yeah, that's toxic masculinity, you know, to listen to these nutcases in the progressive neoliberal movement uh, talk about toxic masculinity being such a negative thing. But, uh, that was a great example of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, as far as toxic masculinity, I think people on the left, a lot of them, maybe people in the middle also see these uh, bulked up, tattooed wonders, uh, strutting about, uh, threatening with in a loud voice, this and that. That's not my idea of masculinity, by the way. That may be toxic to them. Well, and, and to a degree, it is toxic to me because it, to me, a man yeah, is, is quietly to them, strong. opening the door for a female to let her come in is toxic masculinity. Yeah, well, they're brain dead individuals. These these yeah. creatures that we're both talking about right now. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, for every uh, for every anger issue I see out there, I've got a, a, a surprisingly um, positive feel about other things. It's, it seems to be ways out pretty well. 
uh, I'm really excited about our future. No, I see things right now that infuriate me and make me angry. And, and that's good, too, you know, stay angry um, because it, it motivates you, keeps you moving, keeps you going forward. Yeah. Yeah, it really does, folks. It, guys, don't be afraid of having a, getting a little bit angry. Obviously, you got to be careful how we express it sometimes. You know, try to take a Japanese approach, but uh, sometimes, but you can't. Hey, can't I've got to ask you, too. Does this individual Mike, who. Mike, we're going to break. Oh, You're free to go, or you can try to stay in another segment. It's up to you, real quick. I better get off. Better say goodbye and uh, wish you, I didn't get to ask you about your health issues. I, I'm assuming they're all doing it. You're sounding great too, by the way. So. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Mike, thanks for coming. That's Mike Tom Goodrich, everybody. Author, Hellstorm, The Death of Nazi Germany, 1944 to 1947. Go get the book. Buy all his books. It helps them out and it certainly is a great thing to have in your in your library. Mike, thanks a lot. See you soon. And, uh, Back with more right after this. And welcome back, everybody. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live Intelligent Media for the Politically Aware, where, yes, you will find the best in nationalist views. <laughs> Maybe I can make that tagline. Where you will find the, and yes, where you find the best of nationalist news. That actually has got a kind of a ring to it, everybody. Uh, let's see here. Let me try to pot this up. It doesn't sound quite right to me. I hope I'm not over-modulating out there. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, thanks to Mike for coming on. John Kaminsky did send a message saying he's got to go take care of some personal family emergencies. Uh, so we wish and hope and trust, actually hope everything is okay over there for him and his family or whatever the issue is. So, John, we'll catch you another day. Uh, let's see. You know, one of the big stories that came out this week was just a ludicrous type of story in a way. And again, I'm not here to say everyone's a criminal until I see so. I, I do like to say we are all innocent until proven guilty, even though, uh, yeah, probably some people are criminals. We understand that, but I sure as heck don't want to be accused of something, and I have been. I've been accused of being an anti-Semite, and because of that, I should lose everything I have. Uh, and I've had punks, you know, literally come at me, 15, 18-year-old punks, uh, going out because they've been indoctrinated by these Jewish idiots out there. And they here at 18 years old, 15 years old, they're going to, they're going to tell you what you as an adult should be able to say and can't say in this, uh, basically this Western experiment called America, where we do actually respect freedom of speech. And, uh, you know, people should be able to speak up certainly. And we should be able to speak up. And what we saw this week, was something absolutely ludicrous made for TV raid on Roger Stone's house. And we've got some interesting information about that. But let's be honest, guys. What the heck was CNN doing there? How did they know about this? And all of that kind of, these are very interesting things. Who signed off on this raid? I mean, what we saw here was an incredible waste of taxpayer dollars. We saw an, a, an egregious abuse by a rogue agency that has no respect for basic norms of civility. We saw a bunch of goons, quite frankly, uh, pretending, I guess, maybe they're out on a Halloween trip that were so armed to the, to the teeth that it was basically an accident waiting to happen. There was no need for it. It's not like Roger Stone has not been in contact with the FBI probably dozens, if not even close to 100 times. And here's the problem with all of these stories coming out of America with this Mueller probe. 
You know, it's been going on for years now. And, you know, you go, you give an interview with somebody and they don't keep any transcripts of it. You don't know exactly what exactly was said per se because you're just talking. Maybe you're a little nervous. Maybe you're not. Then a week later, they come back and they talk to you again. And then four months later, you come back and they talk to you again. Then six months, they talk to you again. And one little thing you said different from the time before. And then they want to sit there and accuse you of, quote, unquote, lying to the FBI. Well, hell, you can't remember everything you say over and over and over again. And if you have a slight variation in your recollection of facts, now you're guilty of a crime that you never would. It's, it's, it's like, see, these types of probes by the government are absolutely egregious at the end of the day. And I know Trump alluded to that, saying that, you know, these types of things just quite frankly, need to stop. And they really do need to stop. If you got something, do it. Okay, you've been at this thing for two years. Finish. You've been at it for two years. You can't present to us, the American people, something, but then you got CNN, cameras ready while you go raid somebody's house at 6.30, 6 o'clock, 5.30, whatever it is in the morning. And it's basically all engineered, and we're supposed to, as Americans, cower in front of this egregious use of force that basically made you and the FBI look like a bunch of freaking morons. Seriously, you look like a bunch of clowns and morons. All of you on that raid should be fired because it was a disgusting display. The fact that you participate in looking like a bunch of goons. I've seen, you know what? I, it wouldn't even happen like that here in Saudi Arabia. You're worse than Saudi Arabia. But here's what these guys were armed with, guys. AR-15 rifles with collapsible stocks, 30-round magazines. You know the ones that they all want to basically not allow you to have. Um, Aimpoint Micro T1 Red Dot Sights. Military class IR laser pointers and illuminators, tactical weapons belt, uh, chest rigs, trauma shears and blowout kits like they're going to get like there's going to be a bomb or something. Right. Yeah. Right. You morons. Communications radios, backup iron sights. And it goes on. That's not even all of it. Uh, there's actually quite a bit more. Um, what else I got here? Sidearm pistols, secondary weapon, likely a nine millimeter, a surefire tactical weapon light. Tactical equipment belt used by military, but basically by the U.S. military. Another spare pistol, two spare pistols, blowout bag, likely containing like a tourniquet in case you basically got into a firefight. Guys, this is absolutely insane watching what these guys were doing. Uh, joining us from Hawaii, 808 Free and Awake. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Black America, greetings, Fetch. Thank you, man. How do you like the new system where I can put you on hold a little bit and then bring you in? Kind of cool? Seems to work pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Kind of nice, huh? I can just keep yeah. talking. and smooth. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like 97% professional now. I just got to get like a, a, what do you call it? A channel bank to take in four to five calls at a time rather than just the one. I can do it, but it would cost oh, me like a, I can do it, but it costs like $15 a month or something, $7 a month, 7 to $10 a month. Well, let's pray for the day when that kind of money comes easy for you, Fetch. No, it's free for the day when the, the listeners say, I want you to take four calls in a row, and we finance it as a, as a listening base. How's that sound? Exactly. There you go. You know, right. We can do it, we quite have frankly. It's, we have the cost, cost, base cost is going to be around 100 I figure probably about $85 a year. 
but right now this works. I can take one call at a time and it's very good. I cannot take two, three, four. Well, that's modest cost. When we have to support what we love, the things that oh, are this helping. Is fair. Yeah, it's work. fair. We're doing all yeah. the work behind the scenes. I think it's very fair because right now if somebody calls, they will like be chirping, ding, 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 ding. You know, I can't block that, you know. It'll and you be can't like, block that, right. I've tried. Yeah. I just can't block it. Yeah, And you self-produce, so that's a pretty good skill to have. You can, uh, <sighs> you're also, you're a, commentator and a producer of your own show i'll tell so. you that's that's i'll tell you man. it's it's impressive <laughs> yeah. sometimes i'm like freaking out with exactly. and there's two computers going you should see my rig it's kind of cool it was what you got on your mind man what's happening i haven't heard from you well long. yeah I, I enjoyed the the uh your guest uh michael tom goodrich wow yeah. pretty explosive and then uh you had Paul English too that paid a visit so Great yeah show. i don't know what happened to paul yeah. i don't know if because he was on the line he couldn't hear Maybe his well, GSM phone, yeah. Yeah, and we had yeah, to get him so, off the line. It's like, dude, we're admitting right. you're, you're violating the law. Get off the line. Well, he's hands-free. He can get away with it, I'm maybe, assuming. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah, probably. He was right. hands-free. Yeah. He was hands-free. Yeah. That's right. Probably. That's true. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Okay, I take it back, Paul. But Right, right. So what, what's your take on uh, destructive radicals just bleeding America dry? And I think that's uh, pretty FEMA, much. FEMA camp. Well, you know, we got these failed nation immigrants, right, like from Somalia, and they're lecturing uh, proper governance uh, to Americans. It's an, it is, it is, it is in your, that's in your face. Who in the hell are you to come to my country and tell me what to do after you've been here for 13 years? Who the hell are you to get up there on that stage and start saying things like this? I don't care how well you're schooled in Jewish politics. You don't right. represent well, us for a second. In fact, we gave you we gave you sanctuary just 13 years ago. They should never see this is a this is a great time to raise the issue of ending paths to citizenship. End it. Finish. And if you think it's not fair, travel to every single country on this planet and see how they treat you. Now right. come back and say off. Then come back and say that you're being unfair. You're not. You're being basically diplomatic, reciprocal diplomatic procedure. Something like that. Yes. You're basically treating them how they treat you. Well, I was looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, I mean, you guys couldn't get your act together in your own country. So how can you assume to presume to manage ours effectively, right? Well, they so can't. Why they don't can't. they apply these superior values to Somalia or wherever they're having problems? A hundred percent. Why are they having problems? Exactly. A hundred percent. You know, if you think that you, you know, you, if you really, and of course, Trump should just say, look, the best way to help these countries is to stop the H1B visa program equally. Stop it because now those people can stay home. They are already the top of their class because they're not coming to America typically. So they're not talented. Let them stay. And let them build their own countries, and then we can all have more wealth within the country. Deal with the fact that you have a Federal Reserve system that's sucking up all the all the loose change everywhere it comes available. Uh, it's something like ninety three percent of the wealth is held by one family on this planet. Okay, what's okay? You, th- there's your problem. Mm-hmm. Right. There's your problem. And you get this. Right. I mean, uh, and we're supposedly a, a wealthy nation, but. That's, I think the data is skewed towards the, the hyper-rich, the super-rich. You know, yeah, they put everybody in the same pool, 
And when they are done making the uh, uh, calculation, we come out with a gross domestic product or a per capita income that's higher than it actually is. Most people are struggling. It's the rich people that are skewing the data to make us look, you know, because we have so many of them controlling so much wealth. Mm, yeah. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah, I do. I do. So yeah. The, the wealth, wealth is not, the distribution is not. It's not equally, right. It's, it's not, not even, fairly distributed. Well, it, it's not even close. It, 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 and really, uh, 808, since the 70s, okay? Since the 70s. I don't know. Were you here in the 70s or am I dating myself? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember eight. this? Do you remember the Smith Barney collect c- commercials? We earn money the old yes. fashioned way. We earn it. We earn it. Because yes, back then, spotty. there were two ways to learn. No, there were two ways to earn money. One was to grow wealth and distribute it. The other was to collapse wealth and steal it. Right. So Lord. that commercial was all about, we aren't taking the shortcut way. We're taking the proper way. We're Look, we're trying to create value by growing businesses and sharing the wealth with everybody and our shareholders. We earn it. Yeah, it sounds like an elective policy uh yeah, that's good for the community. It's good, good for, for the country, good for everybody. Yeah. Ever since right. the 70s, when Jews took, they literally did not really get a stranglehold on our financial systems until the 70s. Ever since the 70s, we've been on a policy of break apart our industries and sell things off by shorting and destroying everything. Right, right. Uh, since the 70s. Is, Right. That's we have a speculative base. It's not economy. it's not even speculative. They are they are engineering the implosion of these companies and selling off the assets and making money that way and telling you guys get out. Yeah. Well, Meaning the too, people yeah, that built that. these companies. <laughs> the willful destruction. Yes. Yes. So it's always that uh, parasitical element that ruinous uh, state of affairs that the Jews always seem to engage in. Uh, they don't know destroy. how to they don't know how to build they don't know yeah they the don't know they can only make money by destroying so they get into pornography they're going to make money by destroying the family they're going to get into law because they're going to make money by distorting the legal system literally to their own advantage and they, they're going to get into politics t- because what are they going to do they're going to destroy the environment around them so they can justify spending more money and it goes to them and enriches them. 9-11 right. was nothing and, but a Jewish enrichment scheme. Nobody else exactly. benefits. And, but, and they're protected by their infiltration of the legal system. Correct. And they don't bother with the spirit of the law. They're more into the letter of the law. How can I twist it and, and make it work? And well, they, my interest they even, a, interest. let's be honest, they abuse the law. They, they Some of the stuff yes. that legal arguments come out with nowadays are just so far in left field. It's like, how could you even come up with this idea? Right. We would be accused of being frivolous and they would dismiss us if we did some of the things they do. A hundred percent. No, you got a good point there. 97% of Jewish stuff is frivolous and and should be th- thrown out. Anything hate speech oriented yeah. should be thrown out. Listen, there is no hate Absolutely. speech laws in America. We have a right to speak. Uh, we've already established this. It's already part of our law. We already have it established. It's frivolous. Get out. And that's yeah. how you have I mean, to treat should, these people. I mean, that should just be a basic uh, tenet of America. I mean, we freedom of speech. That's what this country was built well, on. It, so I it, don't know. It is, and it's going to remain, even though it's going to be a challenge. 
Yeah, and it is. It is indeed. And Roger Stone will just pray for him. And he's a, a typical, an example, an extreme example of what they can go, how far they're willing to go fetch with this uh, overkill arsenal. That well, they it's, use that it's, I can't, I can't look at that thing and look, you guys in the <laughs> FBI are freaking morons. Seriously. You yeah. guys, you yeah. guys got mental problems. Every single one of those guys should be fired. Seriously. Fire them. Yeah. Who signed well, off consider- on that operation? How much did it? <laughs> that, they had boats, dude, out on the freaking river. How much did that cost? Right, like they're going after El Chapo or somebody. Yeah, it's but like, fetch, dude, when they when they when they locked up Gotti, they they had four or five, a handful of agents in in business like suits that quietly entered the club that he was in, and uh, and then they just arrested him, you know, peacefully, put him in cuffs, maybe maybe even not even that far, and they just escorted him out of the building. And this was John Gotti, right? <laughs> But uh, they got to go uh, full bore when they're coming after Roger Stone. See, compare and contrast is all I'm saying. Well, it was so far over the top. It made the FBI, again, look like an idiotic rogue That's agency just, that has no yeah. place in America. It should be disbanded, quite frankly. These people have no morals, no ethics, no responsibility to to we Americans, and they should be disbanded. Right. America, I mean, we're, we're becoming... Uh, Moranistan, you know, like a country full of morons. It's just uh, not serving us well. Well, you know, that's a good, I think maybe I'll steal that one. (laughs) You can have it, man. The U.S. United States of Moranistan. Moranistan, because that's all we are right now, you know? But, uh, well, you mentioned the State of the Union uh, address. Yeah. Go ahead. Chime in on that one. uh, well, I'm only getting secondhand information from you and other uh, sources. I didn't uh, hear it. You didn't watch it either. Yeah. We're so into watch. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, one guy did hear was making like a negative, uh, comment about it, but I heard it was well received like 74% of it. Uh, yeah. I'm listening to radio talk shows out there. There was a lot of excitement about what he did. Yes. So yeah, there's Trump being Trump. There you go. Let's hope we uh, can put these people in jail, though, Fetch. I'm really getting impatient. <laughs> but well, on that note, I'll let you thank you on, Fetch. Thanks, man. Really much. enjoying your show. All right. Thanks All right. again. All right, everybody. Uh, Bye. Thanks. Moving on to, uh, uh, again, the telephone lines are open one three two three two seven five one three one four. That's one three two three two seven five one three one four. You know, re- regarding Roger Stone, look, now you can see why. The deep state, the Jewish people are arguing so hard to get Americans disarmed because they understand that they are at war with the American people and they are working overtime to attack the American people. And what they are afraid to death of is one, having the American people rise up against them and that's not on the horizon right now. And two, I'll tell you what, you clowns in the FBI, you better change sides. That's it. That was an embarrassing display of idiocy. Seriously, Moranistan would work well. I mean, I've told you guys in the past, I've dealt with FBI agents who come over to here, and I've told you they're freaking idiots. They don't have a clue how, the, how it works in the real world. And here they are trying to get up to speed overnight as if they're going to figure things out. And quite frankly, they are stupid people. And you're paying them $50,000, $80,000 plus 
to bring them to these countries like over here, and they're supposed to be so intelligent. Everything they touch turns to crap. They are brainless, dead morons, folks. Yeah, they are pretty smart. Yeah, give them credit. They got an IQ. But they just don't grasp reality. And that's the problem we have in America today. And much of, well, the West actually, they're they're picking up in certain parts of Europe better. And so are we in America. But guys, there's we have to base our decisions on reality. We cannot allow, quite frankly, false narratives, false information, as Frederick might say, false data points, to continuously to influence our decisions. It is just, again, we become ourselves part of Moranistan. But you have to wonder just what really was happening out there with this particular raid, because how in the heck, really, how in the heck did... uh, you know, the FBI don't even be there. And what we're learning here is this guy called Josh. What's his name? Josh. Let's see if I can find his name real quick. I hope I've got the the thing still open. That's Alex Jones. Uh, that's not it. Let's see if I got this thing open. I hope I didn't close. I think I closed it. That was stupid. One more time. Josh, Josh, Josh. I don't have it. Uh, I'll try to get it after it plays here. Here's the clip, and this is a a former FBI agent moved over to, I think Josh Ford is his name, but don't quote me on that. He moved over to the FBI, but I'm going to play the clip. I want you to pay close attention to his speech patterns, but more importantly, equally, close attention to about a minute into the clip here, what he says about reporters and the FBI and quote unquote making arrests out there. This is a very critical thing because it shows you just the incestuous nature of just what is going on between CNN and the deep state slash FBI. Okay. What information have I learned about that is in the public interest? And, you know, you mentioned the philosophical, it is very philosophical. I mean, I, I, you think about it right now. I know things that I would never publicize based on my time in government. First, because I go to jail, right? Because a lot of the stuff is classified. But also, it's you know, it, it's a it's a larger respect for the intelligence community. It's a larger respect for the organ for for you know government writ large. That when you sign up to be a public servant, you know, you just don't take these secrets that you learn and then go you know broadcast them. And so th- that that's an important part. And then secondly, now as a journalist, even when I learn things, I try to run through that mental calculus. Is what I'm learning in the public interest? And what is the public interest? I want to be, be able to articulate it. And I'll give you, you know, a couple examples. So, you know, during the course of, um, of you know, doing my work now, you know, less than, a, less than a year now in journalism, you know, we've learned things about what the government is doing and, you know, some things that, that need to be pointed out as far as, you know, alleged malfeasance. I mean, those are no brainer, right? We're, we're going to publicize whenever the government needs to be held to account. But I've, I'll talk to people who, you know, provide other things that, that maybe are a little more sensitive in nature. So, you know, for example, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about any recent case, but, you know, in, in past months where, you know, I've learned of, of an arrest that's coming up. Oh, he's learned of an arrest. We'll get more about that right after the break. But there's a lot of malfeasance going on, everybody, between the FBI and the press. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the politically aware. Back with more right after this. 
Okay, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome. It's Inside the Eye Live, intelligent media for the political world. Right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Again, today's date, I haven't even given out the date much today. That's like a bad thing, you know? You should be giving out the date because of the archives. But it's February the... Can't even see. What is today? February the 9th. There you go. February the 9th. 2019, everybody. So 2919 uh, is our date. So we hope you're doing well. Again, uh, good afternoon, I guess, now to everybody out there in in uh what do you call that in west eastern part of the united states good morning everybody else telephone lines one three two three two seven five one three one four that's one three two three two seven five one three one four and so feel free to call in we've got about a half hour to go a couple more stories we want to get back to this thing about cnn and the staging quite frankly the literal staging of uh this event at Roger Stone's home. Now, unfortunately, when I played the music here, I lost my 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 location. So I'm going to try to pick it up a little bit. But this is, and I'll try to get the name again once I get back. I think it's Josh Ford. He is the he is like the law and order analyst, something like that, for CNN. And here's him talking to basically spy. It's called the Spy Network or something like that. Uh, I'll put it in my. I'll put it in the story in my after after the show. We'll put it on the website. But it's it's basically a new nonprofit that's basically oh spy museum is what it's called. It's a nonprofit spy museum. And so he was talking to spy museum about a year ago or at least six months ago. And here's him again talking about the press and everything else because he's now working with the press instead of being a spook with the FBI community arrest at home arrest overseas, and I think okay. That is not in the public interest for the American people to know that an arrest is about to happen. We'll report on it once it happens, but there is very much a public safety issue there. First, I want the bad guy to you know, to be taken off the street, but also as someone who was once an FBI agent who was in the stack at the door about to breach and go in and arrest someone – I don't want that other person on the other side knowing that I'm coming. Uh, it's, it's very much an officer safety issue. So I go through that mental calculus, you know, whenever I learn things from uh, from contacts and, you know, again, try to make that calculation. What is in the public interest? And once, you know, once an arrest happens, we'll talk about it. Um, well, as we can see from what he's just saying there, he's full of, full of you know what? Uh, he's lying through his teeth. They CNN clearly had the information, was there. There was no calculus about how it's in the safety of. No, this was a completely staged, fraudulent event. And it was so plainly obvious that you'd have to be pretty much brain dead to even not even see that at this stage. Uh, hi, banjo picking gal after the banjo music. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. I'm, ca- I'm calling you from the frozen north in Calgary, Alberta. How cool and, is that? Uh, it's very nippy and cold. We yeah. have some new snow here this morning. How nippy is cold? <laughs> oh, I haven't even looked at the temperature. We're we're down into the below zeros. Uh, Fahrenheit. Grade, so. Fahrenheit or mm. Celsius? Celsius. Well, yeah, we're we're down into the belows. Yeah, we, we've had about a week of really, really cold, cold stuff here. So, how you feeling? But, you get you cold or something? Or are you feeling okay? Well, we have a challenge here because I don't know if you 
heard our news, it was, let's see, in 2011, Calgary was able to dump the fluoridation monster. And, you know, when you really look at our our chief medical officers of health and our, let's see, uh, our, uh, who, who's the, in the legislature, our, our uh, officer of uh, health and our education minister, our education minister and our health minister are, of course, tribal members. Anyway, uh, Calgary did manage to dump fluoride. But, you know, every couple of years they've been coming at us trying to re-implement fluoridation because, of course, uh, that's one of their ways to poison the people, right? Mm-hmm. So we're we're in a big battle right now because they're coming at us full tilt. They're putting big industry money and uh, whatever, trying to re-fluoridate the city. So I think one of the one of the ways we win is actually going to city hall and eyeball to eyeball these guys, these tribal members and getting things to change because you can get things to change at city hall if you focus. In fact, you know, we keep howling about the Trump and howling about the issues and uh, unless we go eyeball to eyeball at the grassroots level and politically get involved at our city hall, they don't call it the rat house for nothing, right? Mm. Yes. <laughs> that, that's where we have to get the work done. So I think, you know, those people who want change, you, we can do it if we go to city hall and we get them to clean it up. We ask for transparent processes and we just continue until we get proper reactions. You know, we started handing out uh, handbills that was back in 2011, exposing the fact that city councillors were drinking bottled water at taxpayers' expense. And we had to use the soundbite putting toxic waste, caustic, corrosive, hydrofluosilicic acid into tap water is a criminal act. And when enough citizens, you know, challenged uh, councillors, we got it changed. So <clears throat> I just wanted to encourage people to go to City Hall, ask for a bylaw change, um, you know, a notice of motion, you have to get a couple of your city councillors on track. And if they don't do it, you hit the streets with flyers. You know, we can never count on uh, mainstream tribal media to get our message out. But when we start doing the hard-hitting flyers and we have to give people, you know, the email addresses so that they can... You know, phone. You know, city city hall. The phone has to ring off the hook. So until we do our work at the grassroots level, we will always have to put up with the crap. Yeah, right? you know what they say, Banjo, is that if uh, you don't take interest in governing yourself, then for sure you will be governed by somebody else. So it's absolutely in your interest to get out there, turn the TV off, go to the city hall, do what you got to do. I know others, other radio hosts now that I've been listening to, 
they're they're having the same thing, water issues in certain cities, and they're trying to like basically make the city completely have uh, reclaimed water from toilet water, chemical water, and basically <laughs> yeah. feed that back into the system and raise the prices uh, almost double for the privilege of having basically crap water. And so they're well, working clean, hard to do what they can equally. Clean water is our birthright. The interesting fact is that here here in Calgary, we're very close to the mountains, and Calgarians always valued our beautiful mountain water. And in fact, back in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, we never did fluoridate. You know, actually, Canada is only 30% fluoridated. Would you believe that it is the USA that's 75% fluoridated. Well, Moranistan got there somehow, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't well, know one so of, one, one of the reasons I think Calgary did win this battle was back in the old days, we had an alternative newspaper here called the North Hill News, and that was created by a city councillor who had been involved in the war, and he kind of knew... Uh, the politics behind the scenes. So he established that alternative news source. So the challenge is to get the information out to the public and flyering, you know, putting the notices out every couple of weeks and, you know, exposing which councillors on on City Hall are pushing the fluoride and, you know, do a little flyer showing their pictures. Ultimately, (laughs) you know, it's advertising. At the end of the day, it's advertising. Right. So, you know, right. how you advertise, you want to advertise the most cost-effective means. And if that's a flyer put up somewhere, uh, then it's a flyer. Obviously, going door-to-door is more labor-intensive. So you don't do that. And even and even just having the flyers with you, you know, wherever you go, handing them to people saying, please help, you know, phone City Hall. And, you know, the more you can, we can mobilize the public, uh, it's easy to win when we do things right. Well, so, anyway, I just wanted to encourage people to do the grassroots activism flyers and get those tribal members cleaned up and pointed in the right direction. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to put it, huh? <laughs> Which, the right direction is out the door, but uh, I hear you. <laughs> that's the best direction. <laughs> yes, that's the best. Okay. All right. Thanks, Banjo, Thank so much. You. All right. That's a great call. Thank you. Thank you, Banjo. Okay. That, guys that and gals, that really is a great call. I mean, at the end of the day, without having some type of action, nothing's going to happen. Because I'll tell you what, while you're watching TV, the tribal members, as Banjo liked to say, they're working in some organization somewhere to enslave you in a very real way. And they will do whatever they can because to, to them, money is power is money and money is control of you and destroying of you. And, and to think that they don't have an interest in destroying you is absurd. That is their agenda. There is no secrets about this. You know, it's estimated, everyone, that if you look at the crimes that Jewish people, the Jewish machine out there, has committed against Western Europeans going back to the Civil War, you're talking close to probably half a billion people have been lost due to these crimes that Jews have literally taken and done against European Americans or just Europeans. And I I talked about the Civil War when Mike was on, but if you go back to World War II, you know, they killed off 
18 and a half million people directly in that war. Okay, you take that a generation further, it's 54 million. Take it to the next generation, 81 million. Take it to the next generation, 121 and a half million. Total killed, when you add that all up, not here is 275 million people of European heritage from World War One. World War Two, they killed just what's recorded, 45 million. That's not what's going, oh, we can we do have the Russian one, but 45 million. Now you take that out to three generations only, that's 382.5 or so million people of European heritage that are not living today because of wars instituted by Jews and their agenda. And for what? A piece of crappy land called Israel where they basically can act like a bunch of idiots and just do whatever they want because, oh, we're Jews? We're losing, what, 385 million people for that? For literally, guys, a stupid piece of real estate for a moronic people that have no class, no ethics, and are essentially evil to the core? Then you go to the Russian Holocaust, 45 million. Then you've got 135 million children from that, 202 grandchildren, 382 million people. Russia's population now is only about 100 and I think, what, 116, something like that? They could easily conquer their lands if they had their people. So when we look at just these figures alone, rationally speaking, Jewish efforts have caused the deaths or the lack, and we're not even talking abortion, guys. You're talking 535 million white people. Europeans have been denied access to coming to this planet because of Jewish actions against our people. And yet every day they want to sit there on their press and tell you, never forget, never forget. This is what you should not be forgetting. These figures are what you should be focusing on. Every time a Jew says six million, six million, guys, there were more Jewish people living after the war than started the war. There was no Holocaust of these people. Seriously. So the Holocaust that really has been taking place is not us, meaning the Germans and everybody else towards the the Jewish people. That is just Zionist slash Jewish blackmail against us to deny us the right to even know our real history. Now, when you look at all of the evidence out there, you have so much people, so many people, I should say, talking about how evil the white people are. But the reality is, is that every time you turn around, everyone wants to escape to a white crafted nation. That's just a fact. I mean, it's not everybody. Let's be honest. I'm here in Saudi Arabia, for instance. It's not everybody. But you have a huge number of people that want to make a trek to the Western world. If it's so evil, why are you bothering to come to our countries? Think about it. Now, how many outcries have you had, quite frankly, from our community towards the crimes Jews have committed against us? Have you had any? I hardly think so. Not nearly enough. It's always about we Jews, 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 Jews. And it's, and it's really to the point to where it's egregiously evil. It is so, it, it, it border, the chutzpah is, is unbelievable, quite frankly. You know, last issue I want to touch on here, I think, before I quit. 
for the show today. I mean, we're getting late. Uh, is that at Gab? And again, I've touched this issue before. And uh, I don't really know what to do about it right now, but it, it needs, it, I'm not sure it can stop, but Gab lately has become essentially a haven for anti-boomer activism. And when you look at the current U.S. labor market, you would think that the labor market would actually be going down pretty well with all these jobs. You know, I'm talking about unemployment would be going down with all of these jobs being created. But the reality of it is, is that the most active force in the labor market right now are, quote unquote, the boomers, people 55 and older. I... I would turn that thing down. Uh, join us from uh, Norway, Par Henriksen. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Hi, Dennis, and uh, thanks for taking my call. I have a small comment about uh, toxic masculinity if, it, masculinity, if it matches. Okay, yes, go ahead. Your, and um, uh, you had a kind of jokingly comment before because someone made a stupid video making like, well, some real male action is actually bad. But my son called me the other week and he said, you know, Dad, and he lives in one of Sweden's uh, five largest cities. It's it's not a big city, but it's like number five after Stockholm. And it, he went down to work. He's a chef working in a, in a restaurant. And it, it was like really, really bad winter weather. Uh, lots of snow had come and it was like chaos in the town. Yeah, lots of people out because it was, I guess, Friday or something. And an old woman, maybe 70 years old, uh, he, he, he saw her fall. And he said, Daddy, normally I'm not the guy <clears throat> walking up and like doing things in the eye of the public. But it felt like someone had to do it, something. And no one did anything. <clears throat> so I walked up to the lady and helped her up in the snow and all and get her going and around there were lots of people around watching and among them was was <clears throat> some of like the the telltale signs of uh, feminists so they had well stupid <laughs> hair color and all mm. and uh, they they approached him immediately and said like why well and blamed him for uh, doing something can't you see this is a strong woman that can manage her own business. So he, he brought this up to me. But first he told the story to me. I felt like so proud, like this is my son. He goes in the winter weather to help an old lady, 70 years old, uh, that has problem in the snow. And then he gets this remark from these uh, programmed uh, zombies walking around the town. So that's my little thing I wow. wanted to contribute. Thank you. That's an interesting story, and it kind of highlights just how insane that leftist neoliberalism really is out there, Par. I mean, they are really rapidly uh, anti-male, anti-white, and it's just clear as day. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And I, I also, well, the other day there was, there was some story in the Swedish television internet uh, part of it that was focusing on, uh, well, paid warriors uh, running around in different wars around the world. And then they like well, highlight, highlighted in Africa, normally this will be white men. And then they was, took the story a little bit step further to say it was former 
South uh, African elite soldiers that would be those men if so. But I guess that's maybe not at all the majority of of paid soldiers uh, working for foreign uh, armies. Well, you know, the French Foreign Legion is kind of famous. People join from all over the world, not just white people, to join the French Foreign Uh Legion. Uh And it was nothing but a mercenary army. And the first thing I felt like, well, there's the word white man. They're, they're, they're just shooting hard at us and they, they just want to make a big fuss about it. But really, the, one of the truly persons that have a very large and warm heart will be white men. And we will be proud to, to stand up for it. And I, well, I, let's just go back to my son. I, I felt really warm in my heart and, and proud about him. So, and you, and know, I, I told you him, know what's silly about this story in a way, Par, is mm-hmm. if we were to go back 20, 30 years ago, this would not even have been considered a big deal. Yeah. And yet, Absolutely. I mean, it's just normal. I mean, we would always just do that. And every now and then you see pictures, even a black little boy, black boys, you know, cute as heck. You'll see them on the YouTube and some elderly grandmother can barely walk. And the little black boys, sometimes you watch them and they're helping the grandmother across the street. And it's a white grandmother type of thing. And you're like, you know, this was normal behavior. And it's like, for whatever reason, there's this large number of women out there and they're very vocal that want to destroy that. It's like, for what? Why would you want to even destroy that? Sure, sure. And just a short uh, hooray for Frank. He's such a nice guy to listen to. And, and uh, it, it was very nice hearing you You well, take a sound clip from <laughs> a yeah. big, big old... Uh, yeah, he finally... Somebody Joe, sent Joe. That. Yeah, that was sent to me by a couple sources, but... Uh, uh, mainly Chicago Brew, who's also contributed to the show from time to time here. And so, yeah, he sent it. I, so I listened to it. Ah, oh, Frank, that's, but you didn't mention Inside the Eye Live, Frank. If you're listening, yeah. then next time you got to get Inside the Eye Live in there. So that's all from me. If there's all right. nothing else, thanks so much. Thanks for the spot. All right. Thanks so much. That's Par, everybody, now in Norway. He's Swedish, but he's, he's in Norway, working in Norway, doing some things. So, uh, Wish him well, obviously. And uh, he's getting ready. He's got some. He, he told me the other day he's got some type of a, a outdoor market. And he says, Dennis, it's going to be freezing. I said, okay, well, okay, good luck. He said, yeah, but the sales are good. I said, okay, that's even better, man. Uh, where was I? You know, we were talking. I forgot what we were talking about before we got into that. But I'll just finish with this story. Oh, we we're talking about the boomers, the war on the boomers. You know, the thing is, is that there's this war on boomers. And, and like, these millennials, like the white borderless, you can't be a white nationalist if you don't believe in borders. So, you know, these millennials, they, they really think they grasp reality. And one of the great things about the boomers is because we lived in a and grew up in an area that didn't have computers. We barely had telephones. We even had black and white TVs. Uh, we, we remember the color TV days. We remember having to go up and change the antenna. Uh, or fix the antenna because the winds blew it around, you know, things like that. We've done a lot of things that the millennials just can't really relate to. And we don't want to dish on the millennials, but a lot of them feel entitled for some reason. They really feel like they we owe them more. Now, unfortunately, these are the, some of our, a lot of them are our children, you know, the later boomers and we're the, we're the late boomers. I'm like the sixties, the very tail end. So my son is like a late millennial 
type of thing. And he's well adjusted. He's fine. No problem there. But, you know, a lot of these millennials feel like they're so darn entitled. So darn like we owe them everything. They're anti-boomer to a fault. It's like, what's the matter with you guys? And then I start to look into the really what's happening. And they keep wanting to blame the boomers, blame the boomers. But the reality of it is, is that the millennials themselves were almost, they were almost silent for a generation. They're just come, they're, they're just waking up. I mean, we've been doing this for, for probably 20 years now. And they're just, they're just waking up. They're just finally getting it. Oh, there's a problem. It's the boom. No, no. We've been talking about a long time, you morons. You were the same kids blaming us for being anti-Semites because you just didn't like the way we were, we were phrasing the message a, a generation or, or 10, 12, 15 years ago. That's the truth. Now we get stats coming out that fully 95% 95% of teenagers in America have access to a smartphone, and 45% of those say they are online almost constantly, literally constantly. And that is according to a latest Pew Research Center poll, and it's about what the Atlantic's Gene Twinge calls the most crucial question of our age. Have smartphones and computers, for that matter, uh, destroyed an entire generation. Now, I know we had to keep our son off of uh, off of the uh, uh, computers as much as possible, except for when work, because we saw the damage it could do. The guy's name, by the way, that we were quoting earlier that works for CNN is Josh Campbell, not Josh Ford. Josh Campbell. And as you heard from that clip, he claims, oh, well, we don't run it. We don't do it if there's an arrest because we don't want to get the bad guys tipped off. And then he's just full of it. He's just full of it. So basically, guys, we have a situation now where we have generations, quite frankly, just not being able to grasp reality. And we need to change that. It's the Fetch. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you Thursday inside the Good night from Rio. Right back after this message.